<laughs> well, that, that works. <laughs> Let's keep it. Fuck it. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> welcome to Silver and Gold. Coming to the ring from parts unknown at a combined weight of 853 pounds, Piccolo and Dr. Zong. Da, da. <laughs> 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 oh, we're already fucking up. <laughs> it's nasty and it's hot. Oh, it's hot as hell in here. I'm going to house stop. And this is your world of air. This ain't no home sweet home. It's your home it's sweet misery. We knew when we got there. They try to put us away. But when they see us walk down the street, they ran the other way. Sing it. <laughs> the further down the block you went, the better it got. <laughs> further down the block you went, the better it got. Uh, what's up, everybody? <laughs> we just talked all over that intro, and we don't give a shit. We're in a hurry. Sam's got to sleep. I got to eat. We're all fucked up this week. Pooping, then sleep. Pooping, then sleeping. I'm the loaf. With me, the Zom. Uh, this is uh, episode 24. We're doing some uh, wrestling, a little wrestling double feature this week with 2000. Ugh, when was that movie from? 2000's Ready to Rumble. 2000 ish. And 1950's uh, Night in the City. Uh, not exactly a wrestling movie, but certainly revolves around it. It's got some wrestling. So, Zom, how have you been this week? I know you've had a weird schedule. It sucks. <laughs> I just, uh, that's all I can say. I don't, uh, I don't, I'm not a fan of change. This is a short-term <laughs> change. I'm, I have been counting down the minutes until five days are over and I can get back to my routine of sleeping, watching movies, and, uh, well, yeah, that's about all I do. So, anyway, but uh, this week I am fucked. <laughs> I'm, um... For those of you in the uh, that like to be in the know, we typically record on Thursday mornings. We are recording on Wednesday night because of Zom's shift in schedule for the week. So uh, we're a little out of sorts, so to speak. Um, so-so week for me. Nothing uh, out of the ordinary. You know, bunch of this, bunch of that. A whole lot of nothing overall. So... Um, a little bit of Monica in my dreams. I did. I did buy a couple of DVDs. Or sorry, Blu-rays. Oh my God! Tuesday. You're you're just fucking dripping pre-cum. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so I. Uh, <laughs> Blueberry. Uh, Drive came out on Blu-ray on Tuesday. What? Have we seen that movie? You've seen it. You didn't like it, you butt fucker. And um, I didn't say I didn't like it. You hated it. You're, you. It's like your Black Rain. You either love it or you hate it, but there's no in between. You're either with me or you're against me. Um, yeah, I bought Drive on Blu-ray, Best Buy, 19.99. Go get that shit and um, wait for it to go down. Don't listen to him if you want to just get it. And uh, Jackie Brown, the uh, Blu-ray, the recent Blu-ray release of it is actually uh, it's on sale this week at Best Buy for 11.99. So I picked that up too. So which movie's better? Uh, it depends on my mood, probably. Right now, I'm going to lead towards drive, but you know, in a year, it might change. Um, so what have you been up to this week? What have you been watching? I don't know, but uh, I, I heard someone from Canada saying that the movie The Artist, uh, 
Ah, I couldn't believe the review. Uh-oh, I think he... you guys might be butting heads soon. He hated it? Didn't hate it. He um, said it was like black dynamite of, uh, uh, what do you call those? Uh, uh, black cinema, <laughs> black exploitation. I'm totally out of it. Uh, it was like what black dynamite is to black exploitation. So, you know. Yeah. But, uh, what are you gonna do? Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, I can I can understand I could understand his point, but you know, I think sometimes uh some people uh are immediately turned against anything that pays homage. No, that uh, the, like uh, you know, when they say Oscar bait or oh, uh, yeah. everybody's jumping on the bandwagon. I'm not saying that. I could god damn it, now that fucker will call me out again on the air. <laughs> All right, but we resolved that issue also. So anyway, what have I been? What, did you say what have I been watching? What have you been watching? Oh well, okay. Uh, it was Doc Week, uh, definitely. Uh, I got on uh, Netflix Instant Watch and uh, was tearing up some docs, docs, docs. Um, first one was recommended by the Bryn. Uh, and it's called Eat This New York. Um, he saw that I had watched a uh, couple of, um, you know, like you said, there's a lot of food. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it's like food fetishism, not fetishism, like, but I mean, to me, that's sort of what a lot of these docs are and, and shows about chefs and restaurants and mm-hmm. things like that. But this one's pretty good. And so it takes place in New York. New York. That's why it's called Eat This New York. Uh, yeah, I, something like- that was my dinner of an IPA when I walked in the door. <sighs> I had a beer for dinner while I was. <laughs> I, little, I, I could barf right now, and I'm not even talking about just because your your eating habits. Uh, <laughs> the next one is called The War on Democracy, which if you watch this, um, and like. Um, what was it? This past week, they said that uh, some tea baggers or some southern states want to put uh, have any um, stuff that they talk about slavery uh, in the South before the Civil War. They want to take that out of the history books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, let me tell you something, people. There's a lot of shit already that isn't in the history books, and uh, <laughs> this is all about um, how democratically elected. Um, Governments in South America have been subverted like over and over and over where we'll go down and have coups and put uh, basically fascist dictators and, you know, it's like when they talked about Abu Ghraib and the torture thing and all it was just a, you know, one time incident or, you know, something that happened. Well, uh, you know, it's that shit. We've been doing that kind of shit in South America for, you know, all the way back to like the 50s. Anyway, so that was that kind of pisses you off watching that one, but it's really good. Uh, War what on that, Democracy. What was that one called again? War on the Democracy. War on Democracy. Okay. And it's on Netflix Instant Watch. Most cool. of these are. Well, now this one isn't because it's not a doc, and it's called Cyborg, Six Million Dollar Man, <laughs> which is the pilot to the Six Million Dollar Man TV show. Yay. I broke out my box set. Um, this one was a little different because um, Darren McGavin plays. He's not called Oscar Goldman. It's a different character, but he's the Oscar Goldman-like character in the pilot, Darren McGavin, uh, who was the uh, dad in Christmas Story. And um, 
<laughs> Martin Balsam plays Dr. Rudy Wells in the first one. But it's still, it was pretty good. I, I, I still had a good time with it. The only th- thing about that one is because it was the pilot, they, had, uh, they didn't have the beginning with, you know, Steve Austin, astronaut. We can, we can build a better end. Yeah. And not only that, but they uh, a lot of the sound effects, you know, like the when he's running, they didn't have any of that shit. Did you uh, um, did you ever have the six million dollar man toys when you were younger? I had the doll where you could look through the back of his head. Oh, that thing is so it. awesome! And the fucking, I really want the Sasquatch. I wish I still had that fucker. But when I turned, I think uh, ten, mm-hmm. my dad gave all my toys and all my sister's toys away. He said it was time to grow up. Fuck. So, Sounds like the dead and ready to rumble. Yeah, no, throwing up for pussies. Uh, <laughs> next one, sort of can, now nah, I guess, kind of be connected to the movies we're reviewing this week. It's called Pulling John, and it's not about like uh, Jessica Biel masturbating me. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's it's this is on Netflix Instant Watch, and it's about arm wrestling. And the <laughs> cool. the, the guy was actually in. Over the top. He was one of the guys that Stallone got to arm wrestle. Uh, his name's John Brzezank. I feel and like he, uh, uh, Sammy and Will watched this recently. I think Sammy maybe talked about it. I can't yeah, remember, yeah. but that's what I was thinking too. But it's really good. Um, it, it follows like there's the John Brzezank guy was, I mean, he is like the Babe Ruth or Joe Lewis, Muhammad Ali or whatever. Of I mean, he's he beat everybody for years and years and years. Still a relatively young guy, and um, they follow him because you know he's been around for so long and he's never been beat. He, he beat like everybody. And then this Russian guy who just watching him and his workouts was amazing. He'd have like be in the arm wrestling position with somebody else and they'd have a strap around the two arms and be pulling his arm like they're trying to pin him with a strap, like four guys on that strap trying to pull him down while the other guy's pulling him and he'd still hold him, you know, or pull him over or whatever. And he was pretty pretty amazing. And then there's, and and he was really, really like a, um, like kind of quiet, but like, um, subdued and and not like real cocky or anything and the other guy that they followed was this young guy who was an up-and-comer and he's from west virginia man he was so cocky and obnoxious that you know you just i i got behind the russian guy before i got behind him <laughs> russians uh the next one was called giuliani time another doc all these are most of them are on netflix instant watch uh it talks about rudolph giuliani giuliani and how he was uh kind of his own best press agent and had this giant press corps uh, that uh, the taxpayers paid for to get him on covers of magazines and everything. While in the meantime, you know, a lot of the shit he did was pretty crappy. Yeah. And before, right before nine 11, everybody hated his guts. Uh, it, was, it was good. I liked it. And, and but it, the only thing was, it, I wish it would have went on past like after nine 11, the documentary stopped because of you know that was when it was made, and there was a lot of stuff when he ran for president and Bernard Carrick getting, you know, his police chief getting in all kinds of trouble and all that shit. Yeah, uh, mob ties and everything else. Uh, next one is a movie, uh, also on Netflix. Next watch called The Big Combo with uh, Cornell Wilde. This is a um, you know really old school uh, cop movie. Um, it was pretty good. Um, had a had a you know, the 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 blonde chicken. It is actually was actually Cornell Wilde's wife in real life, and they made some movies together. And she was pretty 
goddamn hot. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Next one is my was my pick of the week, <laughs> and it was called uh, uh, in I guess German, Am Limit, or I think it was uh, Beyond uh, Beyond the Limit, and it's about these. Uh, two brothers, Thomas and Alexander Huber, and they are speed, uh, like rock climbers, speed rock climbers. Mm -hmm. And uh, that doesn't mean that they like uh, smoke methamphetamine and then listen to like Slayer. Um, They, uh, I I can try to think what the, it was in Yosemite. I can't remember the name of the, of the rock, but uh, uh, most people it takes, it, it takes like, I think three days Three to five days to climb, and but the record was like two hours and so many minutes, like two hours and fifty minutes or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so they were trying to uh, beat that record, and just that they must have climbed up because they climbed at several different times during the movie, just practicing, figuring out their route, practicing yeah. everything. But while they were going up, they must have. Um, uh, a guy must have went up the route beside where they were and they set up cameras and oh my god the footage is excellent and man it keeps you on the edge of your fucking seat and there's some shit that happens and and, the, and not only that but in the tradition of being a good doc like uh, Eat This uh, New York the two brothers are like just themselves they're fun to watch because they're uh, or or um, um, I like killing flies with uh, uh, Kenny uh, Shopson. They're just they they have charisma and and they're really you really get into them, you know. That's cool. um, next one, not a doc. Also Netflix Instant Watch, Young Frankenstein. Uh, <laughs> oh, on Instant, that's cool. I think, uh, yeah, it, it was on Instant. Instant, I'm pretty sure it's what I watched on. But um, I'm too lazy to pull out my DVD to watch. Or it. was it on Instant? It might have been on In Demand. I think it was on Instant. Okay. Yeah, it was. Um, but I still there's shit in that that just cracks me up. A lot of it's, it seems kind of I don't know if I'd want to say slapsticky, but Marty Feldman. I couldn't. I mean, I hate to say I couldn't keep my eyes off of him because he could keep one eye on you while he <laughs> somebody off to the side. But just him and the whole movie. It was just fucking great. It's still funny, you know. Um, Let's see. Put under I used to have such a thing for uh, Terry Gar. Yeah, she was hot. She and was then, hot you know, then. But you see her and it's like, oh, God, Terry Gar looks like shit. And I'm like, yeah, but she's like 70-some years old. Yeah, then. I think she got sick too. Yeah, she was sick for, for a while. Yeah, she was she was hot and she had some – she didn't have big knockers, but they were, no, they were the butt of a lot of jokes in the movie. Um, <laughs> butt, boobs, whatever. Uh, next one was called uh, – one bright shining moment, um, and that's it was fucking excellent too. Uh, real fucking good. It was about George McGovern running for president against Tricky Dick Nixon, and uh, it has a lot of um, famous people on there commenting about it, and some you know like Warren Beatty's on there. He was involved in the campaign and stuff like that. But it was really good. And McGovern, I guess, when they made it, I don't know if he's dead now or not, but he was still alive at the time and. Uh, when they made it, and um, so it was, it was. If you um, watch um, the Ides of March, uh, watch that documentary because it it uh, there's a lot of parallels okay. about uh, some of the stuff that you know just the, on the campaign trail and how they set things up and everything. Uh, next one was called uh, what? Oh, 
Oh, this was one, another one that I thought was great. There was like three docs that I watched this week that were really good. Uh, Once in a Lifetime, the extraordinary um, story of the New York Cosmos uh, soccer team. And uh, that was, I watched that right after we did um, Victory. And um, because we were talking about soccer so much, I wanted to find good soccer doc. And this is, if you don't know that much about soccer, this is good. If you know a lot about soccer, it's still good because when they set up that league in the U.S., uh, of course, New York, just like the Yankees, because they have all the money, decided that they uh, they decided <laughs> that they were going to. Uh, are you eating? <laughs> I'm eating funyuns. <laughs> I can tell. I, heard, I thought I heard a rapper in chomping. <laughs> anyway, um, nom, nom. they went out and got uh, uh, like the best players from all over the world, starting with Pele or Pele, as they called him. And it's really good. And there's another guy on the on the team that um, um, he, even though Pele was. Um, you know, like the big star and everything. For some reason, he wouldn't uh, talk to the people that made this documentary. Uh, but the one guy that they got after him, he is such an asshole. I mean, that and so, that, like just a prima donna and such an asshole that he became my favorite part of the doc. <laughs> And the last thing I watched was called uh, thing I watched was called Pistol Whipped, which I have talked about a long time ago, and it stars Steven Seagal. And if you watch this movie, just watch like the last five minutes and watch it on USA Network, where he said he tells a guy the the main villain um, as the main villain shot and sitting there. Do you want to be? cremated or do you want to be buried and the guy says he wants to be buried and the guy's leaning against the hearse Seagal picks him up like a rag doll of course it's a dummy and throws him through the back window of the hearse shoots the gasoline so it goes up and he looks right in the camera and goes you cremated now mother freaka <laughs> and his face is really big and fat and bloated. It's a, and all my friends, even if that movie is just on, they're like, "Hey, come here, come here! You got to see this part." You know, you cremated now, mother freaka. <laughs> I love Seagal. Fuck him. That's all I got. <laughs> all right. Um, my usual. I hardly watched anything. Um, <laughs> all right, moving right along. Moving right along. I watched um, Kiltro. That is oh. on Netflix Instant. That has it's a it's well they build it as Chile as uh, Chile's first martial arts spectacular. I think that's and how they're they, killing Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> well, no, it's, it's a Chilean uh, action movie. Um, it's kind of like a kung fu movie. Uh, Marco Zoror is uh, the is the main star, and this guy, well, he's not the best actor, but he looks fucking great, and he's really. Like his his martial arts are awesome. Um, he's kind of like a Scott Adkins kind of character, except he's taller and lankier. Uh, not tri- type of actor, type of uh, uh, actor. Um, he um, he plays a like a guy that he's kind of obsessed with this girl, and he can't figure out why. Like he he rescues her from getting like like raped or something. She um, she kisses him, so he becomes obsessed with her. And so he keep, he thinks that whenever a guy messes with her, that he needs to just beat him up, and that'll impress her. 
So, um, mm, so that's how I usually work. But then it like work? turns into this whole mystical thing. Like he goes out in the desert and all this stuff, and it's pretty cool. Um, I've seen a few movies of his. Um, this might be my favorite one, although Mandrel was really good too. Um, Marco Zavor played uh, the Rock's stunt double in um, that movie with uh, uh, the run in the Rundown. Um, Marco he won a, he won some award for it. The scene when they fall mm. down that giant hill. He That's the one where Stifler and The Rock are fighting pygmies. Exactly. exactly. Okay. Um, he played the stunt double. He so he did that huge fall down the hill that they did down that jungle hill, and uh, he won an award for that. So he, I, I saw him at the Action Movie Festival a couple of years ago, and he talked about how hard that stunt was. So how hard The Rock was. Yes. And uh, I watched uh, an Al Almodovar film uh, on also on Instant uh, called Tie Me Up, Tie Me Down. This one, mm. this is from 1990. For some, uh, it has uh, Antonio Banderas. Oh, yes. and another, Banderas. another lady I didn't really recognize, um, although she's naked like half the movie, which is pretty cool. Um, What's cool about that? I don't know. He, uh, for some reason, this was rated. In, this is rated NC-17. Uh, the only thing I could figure out why is there's a scene where she's in the bathtub and she has one of those like scuba diver things that wind up and like like you know slosh in the water and it shows her show the camera looks like it's maybe sitting on her chest looking down and i guess you see her crotch but she's got enough like roughage down there to cover jingles. <laughs> and the, the the diver swims into her crotch and just kind of like bumps up against her and that's the only thing i can think of that would have given this an nc-17 because <laughs> like you don't see dick at all there's no i mean i don't know there's not even a lot of sex in it so but For some reason, that just reminds me of us talking about uh, Jodie Foster's beaver today <laughs> on Silver and Gold. Um, this was a good movie, though, and Banderas has a fucking baby face in it. Uh, and he, his in the story, he's like he's released from a mental hospital. And the first thing he does is look, open a magazine, find a porn star that's in, an act, is in a current movie and goes and kidnaps her. And keeps her hostage in the house until and so you're gonna fall in love with me. That's the story. Um, but it was good. I liked it a lot. It's on instant. Check it out. Uh, yeah, yeah. I watched. I rented uh, Conan the Barbarian, the new one from Redbox, and it was pretty awesome. <laughs> I liked it. I swear to God, from the word go, people gave me shit because I mean it's not like the greatest movie ever, no. but I thought it was fun. And I, I mean, it's just straight up action movie. I thought kept, it was yeah. all right. Kept my Rose attention. McGowan looked weird. I like Rose McGowan. I liked her in Ready to Rumble. I like her. I didn't like her, but she was hot. I, I, I mean, I thought I thought she looked cool. Uh, what's his face that played Conan? The I think he's Hawaiian. Yeah, I, I thought like, he. I thought he was well cast. Yeah. And, Jason Momoa. Um, I don't know what the beef is with the movie. I mean, whatever. Like Some of the special effects are dodgy. I don't give a shit. Uh, yeah. I like it. Honestly, I probably like it better than the Arnold one. <laughs> I, the Arnold one's fine. I see. That's a bold statement. But I had fun with this. And, you know, I mean, the Arnold one, I didn't grow up with the Arnold one. I saw, I, I grew up, honestly, with uh, Red Sonja and Conan the, the Destroyer. <laughs> fuck. I know. So that's what I grew up with. I never saw The Barbarian when I was growing up. I didn't see it until I was older. But, I mean, it's fine. And this one was fine, too. I mean, both of them are like three-star movies for me. Um, this, there's, there's lots of gore in it, which was cool. There's some titties. That was fun. So whatever. Titties. I'd see it. I'd watch it again. 
Uh, um, I, was that rated R? Did you just say it that? It had to have been rated R. I mean, like, the when he cut the dude's nose off and later, like, put his yeah. finger, that probably was worth the, an R. The only thing more. missing is I wish it would have had some more fucking in it. Like, yeah. where he just, like, you know, like, animalistically fucks people like a dog. He's not quite, uh, yeah, he's not quite a bastard enough. Like, real horny. Uh, like, when Conan's really horny. <laughs> well, I mean, because, you know, he just, he's a barbarian. He just takes what he wants, you know? Yeah. I like that. And I can see that guy taking what he wants. He should have what he wants. He should take it. Um, I don't know if I mentioned it a couple weeks ago. I watched uh, My Week with Marilyn. Did I mention that? I, think uh, I, I might have totally missed I it. I think you did. Oh, okay. Uh, well, you I, told I was, me about it. I was thinking about it today. If I didn't mention it, go see that movie too. Michelle Williams is really good in it. It was a, it was a movie um, that I wasn't really excited about seeing. Uh, my wife wanted to go see it. And I was like, okay, we'll go see it, whatever. And, and I ended up liking it quite a bit, so... Um, that's really one worth checking out too. Um, and then the last one I'd started it, uh, I think last week, but, uh, the gentleman reviewed it on their show. I watched the uh, Shaw brothers, uh, black tavern and this was fucking awesome. Um, I guess I've checked into it twice now on me. So, but <laughs> it's from 72. So they're just, uh, they were just getting into like getting some of the, the wire whoosha action and it's pretty crazy. There's some nice gore in it and, um, it's cool. It's a, it's a kind of like a double triple cross kind of storyline where there's a there's an old like guy retiring from the government and um word gets out that he has a treasure chest full of bribes like old like jewels and jewelry and stuff like that so all these uh people overhear this news in a in a tavern or in a well just they're just in a restaurant and they all decide to uh try to steal it and they all end up meeting at this tavern in the middle of nowhere trying to like one up each other to get this treasure so it's really cool so that one's definitely uh, worth uh looking into also and that was it god damn god damn so uh so this week yeah i said what we were covering that's good so let's do Bleh. um <laughs> yeah let's get the shitty out of the way or maybe i don't know what do you have do you have a, do you have a preference on what we cover first <laughs> i don't care um you know what let's do night in the city first oh okay <laughs> all right we'll be right back Hello there, ladies and good gentlemen. I'm here to talk to you about something very important today. That's outside the cinema. I know a lot of you listening now enjoy the film world. Boy, outside the cinema covers all kinds of good films. If you're looking for the classics, perhaps you're looking for a good old Nazi film where the Nazis torture and rape everyone in sight. Or giant monsters crawl from the sea. Or perhaps an Italian film where Edward's finish takes her clothes off for no apparent reason. Or renegade bikers just do whatever they damn well please. Perhaps even occasionally turn into a werewolf. Then outside the cinema is your place to go. That's www.outsidethecinema.com. Outside the cinema, your source for cult movie discussion. First took a hold. It was a warm spring night in the old town. 
We're back from break. That song is really, really terrible. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that was Mean Gene's rendition of Rock and Roll Uchiku. Terrible. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, since I was in a hurry this week, I was lazy. And oh, I almost threw up. I, pulled, uh, uh, I just pulled some songs off the... Uh, the infamous, that means more than famous. Uh, <laughs> I, I pulled the, some songs off the uh, old pile driver. Uh-huh. WWF pile driver. So, uh-huh. yeah. yeah. All right. Our first film uh, this week is Night in the City, a uh, pretty famous, I think, uh, film noir from 1950, um, directed by a gentleman you may know as Jules Dassin. Who died in two thousand eight? He's done Rafifi, which everybody has told me. I like that. Yeah, multiple times that I should see. He did Naked City, which is pretty phenomenal. Um, So yeah, Uh, this is a um, like I said earlier, not necessarily a wrestling film, but it's. uh, I can read the synopsis really quick. Harry Fabian is a London hustler with ambitious plans that never work out. One day when he encounters the most famous Greco-Roman wrestler in the world, Gregorius, at a London wrestling arena run by his son, by, sorry, by Gregorius's son, Christo, he dreams up a scheme that he thinks will finally be his ticket to financial independence. And I won't read any more than that. So, um, Zom, I'll let you take the lead here. Um, had you seen this before? Ja. ja. I had seen this before. It was um, a good movie. <laughs> must be said, this is also on Criterion. So, that's yes, it is. That's our that's our review. That this is good movie. Everything on Criterion is good, so this is must be good. <laughs> um, I did not know that this was a Criterion movie, but I think that it probably is a good choice. Although not all Criterion movies are supposed to be like great movies. It's just movies that Criterion picks that they think that are interesting or done well or, or something. Maybe. I can't remember what. Huh? Maybe it's significant. Yeah, it's it, well, it is significant. Although I don't know how Wes Anderson just fucking no matter what no matter what that guy puts out, it's, it's going to end up on Criterion unless it's his Unless it's Fantastic Mr. Fox, which I admit, maybe because yeah. it was animated. I don't think they have any animated. They just like doing the um, little uh, um, uh, little drawings for the new boxes and stuff, which are always pretty cool when they, you know, yeah. for uh, his movies. Uh, anyway, let's get down to it. To the nitty gritty. Uh, okay. Now, first I will say this. Harry Fabian, a.k.a. Richard Widmark, is one sleazy motherfucker in this movie. <laughs> He is um, very well cast. His fucking he's got these like deep set eyeballs. And oh, he's a, he, he 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 he's a strange looking guy. Yeah, he sweats all the time, and they dress him. It's now th- this film's obviously in black and white, but you can tell his mm-hmm. suits are just hideous. The patterns yeah, yeah, yeah. are bad. So, and, and he has that that kind of giggle laugh. You know, they use that in I can't remember what the movie was called where he played the bad guy and pushed the old woman down the stairs that was in the wheelchair, and he did that. <laughs> but he has that kind of ugly. I never thought Richard Widmark. Um, 
even when they would put him in a movie as like the leading man, like the Hollywood good looks leading man, he's not a Hollywood good looks leading man guy. Like in the Alamo, he played Jim Bowie and John Wayne was the main guy. He's kind of like a I don't know, he 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 comes across like he like you said, he's really well cast for this because he doesn't come across like a really strong, powerful, macho guy. It's more like kind of like a uh not weak, but he uh, I don't know how to put it, but like he has his he has his weaknesses and his flaws, so he plays those kind of characters good. He's probably a fuckhead in real life too. I think he's an alcoholic. Anyway, uh, not that means you're a fuckhead. So you know, um, some of my best friends are alcoholics. Good. Um, I think his character was kind of summed up. Um, he says something right at the beginning. So this isn't giving anything away, but it basically sums up his character. He looks at his girlfriend and, and says, you know, earnestly, um, I just want to be somebody. And he doesn't really have any particular skills other than he's a, a kind of a second-rate con man. He, you know, uh, other than that, he he feels like He's one of these people that feels like he's just one big score away yeah. from – he has all these ideas and if he just had some dough to, to you know get this going or get that going, if he just give a chance. And you know if he had the money, he'd blow it. And, he, and he's well known and most of the people that know him know this about him. They yeah. know that you know if he has – goddamn 20 bucks in his pocket he's gonna fucking blow it on some scheme or some he's always coming across with get rich quick schemes when he's like the friend that when you see him coming you're like oh what what no 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 before (laughs) you even hear what he says he's very quick-witted i really like the way his character's written um the way he can like you'll when you when you watch the film you'll see it the way he'll just instantly come up with like some kind of lie that helps him in a in a pinch um, his grand schemes never work, but his little his his quick things are always like you know they help him out of little scrapes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he's he's a survivor for sure. He's mm-hmm. he's like the uh, the rat. It, uh, I mean, if he was in um, Charlotte's Web, he'd be like fucking Templeton or whatever. He he's he uh, like it's like uh, uh, kind of like a. I don't know if I'd say a sewer rat, but he's like a you know a rat in the alley. He he would, I, I don't think he would be doing like the the uh, you know animated deal where he'd be dancing with Paula Abdul. But that wasn't a rat. What was that? That was <laughs> MC Scat Cat. He would be he would be trying to sidestep MC Scat Cat, and you know. All the time. But anyway, how the fuck and whatever. Uh, now, Jean Tierney plays his – now, she's the, the, the good girl, his girlfriend, who I was just about – this was just about ready to come out of my mouth. She is – her character is too nice to be to be realistically involved with someone like him. But as I was saying that, I realized that – I don't want to say all women, but there's a lot of women that if a guy is a fucking sleazy, I, I don't know, like the bad guy, yeah, yeah, they're they're like a moth to a flame, and I think that's probably how she is because she, uh, they think they can change them or you know, yeah, they're fucking dumb broads. Um, <laughs> but now let me tell you something. I, I didn't know who she was at first until I you know looked at the IMDb. You know, I've heard her name before. Um, you know, and it's it's now I don't know. She maybe it may be 
I'll have to look at my Hollywood Babylon book. She may be a transsexual because her first name is spelled G-E-N-E, like Gene Anderson of uh-huh. the Anderson Brothers and not J-E-A-N. Uh, but if she is, she's a red-hot tranny because I thought she was hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's a good-looking, good-looking she's girl. Fine-looking broad. Uh, uh, nice, uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, she uh, she's not the whore with a heart of gold because she's well, her job. I mean, she works. She she hustles. I wonder. See, this was based on a book, and I'd like to read the book because you know she's really like the nice girl, but she also works at like an establishment where she uh, her job is to get the suckers drunk, to get the marks in the bar drunk. Mm-hmm. And keep feeding them booze so they'll keep – but but then again, when they show her, she's singing and stuff. So she might just be like an entertainer or something. But they just want to get the people in this bar, get as much money – get them as drunk as possible so they'll spend as much money as possible. Um, now, on the other hand, <laughs> one of my favorite characters in this movie was uh, uh, Philip, uh, who's this great big – Fat guy, and I'm talking. He is just uh, uh, in um, Monty Python's Meaning of Life. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the food critic that's like, bring me a bucket. I'm gonna throw up. <laughs> He's that fat, and and he has I love a wife. His name in it too. His name. His, they give him that last name, <laughs> Phil Nosserus, like Rhinoceros. Nosserus. <laughs> but anyway, he's this big, fat, repulsive guy, club owner, and he's kind of a, yeah, say, nefarious kind of underworld guy. He's not oh, like yeah. a mafia guy, but he's, you know, of course, since he's in the bar business and stuff, he has sort of those connections. He's on the on the edge of that. Uh, and his wife uh, is Helen Nosserus, but Helen <laughs> – um, she doesn't live up to the Nosserus last uh, name as far as girth, but I did not find her too attractive at all. I, something about her did it for me. I think it's just because oh, she looks so bitchy. Like, well, no, it's like some, she just looked different. Like she looked of another era, definitely. And she looked like a she looked like some school teacher I would have. Which I, a lot of school teachers that I had that were like really strict. Yeah, uh, I don't know if that like. It got like, some kind of state of it. But if they were really strict, even if they weren't good looking, uh, I would kind of want to do them. So anyway, there's a little insight. <laughs> um, but uh, Helen, I did know at oh, first God, because her name was Googie. Googie, Googie Withers. What a fucking terrible name. Oh, if she dated Doogie Howser, God, Go- Jesus. <laughs> Googie and Do- <laughs> Googie Withers. <laughs> Googie. How are you, Googie? She was in The Lady Vanishes. But but you, you can tell that, that um, Helen and uh, – they, they establish it early that even though – uh, the Nosseruses are married. That uh, first of all, because she's not like fat or anything like that, and he's fat and kind of repulsive. Uh, you think to yourself, okay, what the fuck? But he keeps her under his thumb because he doesn't give her a penny, but he gives her like expensive gifts. Uh, because he knows if he gives her any money, she's just going to take the money and fucking run. Uh, now, apparently there there was a. Uh, a previous relationship between 
Harry Fabian, which is a great name for a kind of a con man for mm-hmm. some reason. Harry Fabian, it sounds like uh, you know Barry Champlain and News Radio or something. Just a real cheesy name. Um, but he had had a, a relationship with Helen, and really, they those two are more suited for each other because they're both shits. Uh, <laughs> but. Helen being, you know, a an enterprising uh, dame uh, is always going to she, – she's the kind of girl that I have run across before in my life that uh, she's always looking for uh, the grass greener on the other side. Yeah. Like, you know, oh, well, this guy – I love this guy, but this guy's got more money, so I can, you know, whatever. Um, and I was always the guy with more money. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> so anyway, uh, it just so happens that <laughs> Jesus, that was bad. I need pills. Um, Harry um, is going through his little routine, which was kind of cool. How how he uh, would spot a mark and and in the bar and everything that he he has, uh, even though. He he has some of the guys uh, that work there. I, I wouldn't say on his payroll, but they're sort of in on it. Like, okay, if they know his routine, like dropping the wallet beside a, a, um, a, a tourist and saying, hey, is this your wallet? No, it's not mine. And then he shows what a good guy he is by calling the maitre d' over and saying, hey, somebody dropped this wallet. And they're like, fuck, you know, most people would steal this. Now, I have to say that, that this movie takes place in London, which – at first, um, it, you kind of lose track of that because yeah. just about everybody in it at first, uh, <laughs> like uh, Gene Tierney, Richard Widmark, the Nosaurus, the Nosari, are um, speak you know English or English whatever American English um, with no uh, British accent. Um, but he goes through his little machinations. Just it's probably like a day to day thing. He's a grifter, and but he just happens to stumble onto. He's in a in a wrestling match at, at an arena, and um, he sees this you know old grizzled bald you know fire plug of a guy stand up and say, "This is not the wrestling. This is a circus." You, what do you do to my sport? You know, and they're like, "Who the fuck's that?" Well, that's uh, Gregorius. Uh, you know, the, this legendary uh, Greek. Um, was it Greek? Yep, he was I think it was. Athens. Yeah, because yeah, he's he from Athens. Athens. Uh, uh, this legendary Greek wrestler who is um, at these matches at the behest of his son, and he brings his younger son, who is a a wrestler, good looking, you know. Uh, a younger guy with a thick head of hair that I fucking covet. Um, (laughs) But his other son is the promoter. He, he would be like the Vince McMahon of that, that time promoting the matches. So Harry's like, what the fuck? You know, he, he's looking, he sees an angle and everything. And uh, he even uh, runs out the side door and times it so he can, uh, you know, be overheard saying something, so Gregorius will be like, "Oh, this guy, you know," so he can get his good graces. And he decides that, um, okay, well, I'm going to get in the wrestling business, and um, he's going to promote this um, this guy's kid uh, and start to become a, a promoter of his own. Well, you know, 
just like um, what's his name? Noceros, Phil Philip. Uh, his his business, the bar business, being on the edge of the criminal underworld. The wrestling business is on the edge of the criminal underworld too, and it's one of those deals where it's like, okay, we have one promoter, and if somebody comes along that says, I'm going to start promoting, then they're like, no, you're not, and if you don't get the fuck out of here, we're going to break your legs. So it kind of goes through that where um, Gregorius's son is um, uh, Christo is trying to discourage Widmark uh, from starting and promoting this these matches. Yeah. And um Widmark is he has no he doesn't have a pot to piss in. He doesn't have any money. He's always uh trying to um like I said, as a grifter trying to get money, he's 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 the kind of boyfriend that is rifling through, you know, his girlfriend's drawers or her and I'm talking about her like dresser drawers, not her pants. Uh, but he, I, he throws her, he throws her underwear all over the place, though. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he sniffs them too, you know. I sniff Jean Tierney's panties. Um, Would you she, sniff Googie Withers' panties? Googie. You know what? I probably <laughs> would. Now that you said that, you know, like, yeah, she doesn't look too bad. Um, look at the. I, fo- I posted her photo on Silver and Gold. It's a decent photo. Silver and Gold. What's that? I don't know. Wait a minute. Sylvan Gold. I don't know. You know, she looks like somebody that I would like to um, either. I don't know. I like that. Uh, I like the Choker. Yeah, I always like the Choker. Cleve, fine. I think I'd hurt her a little bit <laughs> <laughs> if she was down with it. You know, you'd find, her sit- you'd find her sitting on your front porch all day by herself. <laughs> She wouldn't be like Jessica Biel. She wouldn't be my footstool, but she would be like the – she would be her keeper. I would let her uh, her abuse Jessica Biel, spank her and stuff like that. But we're digressing into other domain. Um, so anyway, um, now this movie – okay. First of all, we have uh, a legit legendary – wrestler two of them yes. actually we have stanislaus zabisco or um <laughs> okay now he was actually like world heavyweight champion at one time back way before wwwf way he was like 70 years old in this movie <clears throat> okay and um he wrestled in I was going to say Strangler Lewis days, but even before that, and he with, was a uh, big motherfucker too. Yeah. And, and you could see, okay, as okay now in this movie, if you watch it, um, he's he's supposed to be an an older guy. Uh, uh, he's perfectly cast for the part because he is the part. Uh, he's he's got the cauliflower ears, uh, the shaved head, you know, the, the the grizzled you know features from just wrestling and fighting a lot and everything. Uh, it's kind of built like a fire plug and everything. But his you know he's kind of got his chest is kind of sunk in. He's not as muscular as what he used to be. Uh, but um, he actually in real life was uh, you know and. and as far back as the carnival days, when they talk about them working wrestling matches where, you know, it's fake, it's yeah. fixed. I mean, it went, that went back to as far back as like, you know, the 18, 
1800s in the carnivals and stuff that you know they would work matches uh, uh the, the the carnival would come and say anybody that can beat this guy uh you know gets this much money from out of the crowd well they'd have a, a guy in the crowd at first that was uh supposed to be a fan and he'd come up and they'd work it so the fan would actually have the guy and almost beat him and then they'd bring it back. Well, you know, okay, the time limit ran out, but next time, you know, so they get more people to come, Hey, that local guy, he's going to beat him this time, you know? So they did that even back then, but, but they actually did have the, you know, the real wrestling matches and Zabisco was almost like the, at the, right at the crossroads when they were still wrestling real matches. But then when they started to work the work matches, one of the reasons they started to, to wrestle the work matches is because when they were just having these straight up matches, um, a guy'd get another guy in a headlock or front face lock and they'd be down on the mat for like two hours, sometimes three <laughs> hours, sometimes four hours. And people would just like leave. It would just get boring because if you've ever been in a real, you know, amateur wrestling, you can't cinch up. You can't lock your hands or anything like that. Oh, yeah. But in this, you could, and, you know, you get put in a hold, and you, you, the guy might not be able to pin you, but you're not going anywhere unless he lets you out. So anyway, he's really good. Uh, and and uh, the, the uh, director of the movie, when they said, he said, I don't want to get an actor. I want to get this guy because he had grown up, you know, and heard about him, grown up with, you know, watching him or whatever. And another thing about um, Zabisco, and then we'll move on because I'm giving like the goddamn bio here. Uh, <laughs> Is you know he's there. There were a lot of wrestlers from East Eastern European wrestlers, and but like over here where you'd have like fucking John Cena, who's just like some muscle head or whatever. Uh, over there at that time in the early 1900s, it was considered almost like a, a gentleman's sport. And some of these guys like Zabisco and and like Pompero Furpo, he could fucking speak like eight different languages. Mm-hmm. And that's the same way Zabisco was. He was a, a cultured and learned man. Uh, in the movie The Killing, um, I can't know what the hell the guy's name was in that that was the wrestler. He looks just like Zabisco. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but, wasn't he... Uh he was he was in the all the he was in the Ed Wood movies too, right? Was that the is that the guy? No, that was uh, Tor Johnson. Oh, that wasn't Tor Johnson in The Killing. Uh, uh, God damn it! And I can't believe I can't remember, but I'm fucking in the uh, sleep sleep cycle here. Kiriani. He was a promoter for W. Well, for like Vince uh, Jess McMahon, and uh, who was Vince McMahon's dad, his Vince McMahon's grandpa, uh, Jess McMahon. Well, Cola Coriani was uh, back in those days too, and he was another guy who was like a chess champion, could speak all these different languages. So anyway, um, the and then Iron Mike Mazurki, who plays the Strangler, he's like the guy that um, um, uh, Gregorius basically says you're a clown you're not a real wrestler and he because he's he's like more of the entertainer guy but you can tell he's still 
he's kind of like the crossover. It's not that he doesn't know how to. It's just that yeah. he just does the work matches, which in the real wrestler's mind, you're just a you're a bum, you're a clown. And Mazurki, if you look at his filmography, was in a million fucking movies, uh, but he was a real professional wrestler too. He wrestled, and they actually have at the Cauliflower Flower Alley Club. Uh, which they have a convention every year where the old wrestlers get together. And it's not only old wrestlers, old wrestlers and old boxers and ones that were in movies. Uh, they have like a convention out in Las Vegas every year. And uh, the uh, uh, like one of the biggest awards that they give is the Iron Mike Mazurki Award. So anyway, um, it ends up being um, Harry is trying to promote a match between uh, he knows he has to have like uh, – to, to, well, he's put in this position. He didn't want to have anything to do with Christo's men. He just wanted to start his own shit. Yeah. But then he, he thought, still – He saw all these guys like into wrestling and yeah. um, he gets an idea when he hears uh, when he hears Gregorius say, this is you know, this is a circus. This is horse shit and you know, one of his little fat like you know, fast, fast-witted things. He's just like – you know, he poses himself right outside the door, demanding his money back. Where Gregorius can hear him saying, "This is a travesty. This isn't real wrestling." And you motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then Philip kind of um, puts him in the position to have to. He says, "I'm not going to give you any more money because just the straight up wrestling isn't going to draw money. You have to have a a draw. You have to have. You might have this." Uh, uh, Gregorius's son, but the style that they wrestle is boring. People are going to want to see something better. So you have to have a draw. So they want him to wrestle the Strangler. I just read that uh, that Zabisco actually beat Ed the Strangler Lewis yeah. for, for a world title in 1921. But that was kind of like I think that was uh, that was work. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 because, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was, but, but, but I, I, I saw it. I know. I was around there. <laughs> Zabisco, the, the one thing that he's legendary for was uh, when they talked about like the Montreal Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, where uh, they, they uh, fucked Bret Hart over. Yeah. He was, it was supposed to be a draw, but they had the referee was in on it. When that actually happened in real life and they actually did it because, of course, the Bret Hart and Zabiska or Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels thing ended up, I still think it was bullshit. I think it was all fake. Um, Zabisco actually did that to a guy. Uh, he huh. he uh, kind of got paid off. They they put the, the, the world championship because Ed Strangler Lewis, he had been around for so long and he was so good, really, nobody could beat him. And even in real life that – they said, well, he's not drawing now, so we'll put it on this guy who's a football player, Wayne Munn, who was like a Big Ten football. It'd be, it'd be like uh, fucking Tim Tebow now. And so they put it on him, but he didn't know how to wrestle. And Zabisco was with the promoters that uh, when they had like a split, he went with the promoters that had Wayne Munn. But then they said, okay, well, we'll put Zabisco against Wayne Munn. Well, then Zabisco fucking got Wayne Munn, who didn't know how to wrestle in the ring, and Zabisco fucking pinned him in like two seconds and <laughs> went with the other promotion. So he was in on the last – or the, on the like the original screw job deal. But that has nothing to do with this movie. Uh, <laughs> so Harry um, Googie. A.K.A. Helen Nosserus. So she's got her own gimmick going on because her big fat 
gross ass husband is like <laughs> trying to kiss on her and shit. He's like rubbing up against her, wanting to rub his big fat belly up against her, you know, and everything. And she's like having none of it. Um, and so she kind of says, you know, her, like I said, she was a con too, you know, and so she, uh, her and Harry are kind of like the same, cut from the same cloth. And, uh, uh, she has her own little thing on, and which wh- the one of the funniest parts was when Harry goes to confront her about something, and he's just bitching her out. She's sitting at the table, and he's telling her, "You're a fucking cunt. You're a whore. You're a piece of shit. You're you scumbag. You motherfucker, and everything." And then she turns around, and says, I, "Like basically, like I'm willing to give you this money," and he's like. <laughs> Oh, baby, you know, you're the greatest. You're the yeah, it was interesting. They, they seem to have some kind of past. They didn't. They don't really touch on it, but they know each well, other from other than that club. Well, I think, but that's what I was saying. I think that they were an item at one time. Like, they, he was in love with her, and that was his girlfriend. And then I think that she saw Noceros and said, oh, this fucker's got all this money, and I'm with this little skinny, yeah. sunken-eyed creep. <laughs> Who's always going through my purse and sniffing my fucking underwear. And so she dumped his ass, and he ended up with Gene Tyranny, which who was better looking. That's an but, upgrade. Uh, that was an upgrade. Yeah, but she wouldn't whip Jessica Biel's ass. So anyway, um, <laughs> Harry's got everybody. He's getting a little money from this guy and a little money from this person, a little money from this person everything. And he thinks – like all of them think – He's kind of – they're like uh, 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 balls and he's juggling them because they think he's doing it for their reasons, but he's really just wants to get his hands on the goddamn money somehow so he can get his dream going. And then there's several times where his dream kind of – you know, you, th- you think they're going to be – it's going to be dashed. And I like that they, they showed a lot of the different um, people that he mingled with. Because every, like I said, everybody in the, the the kind of the scummy underworld people, not like mafia guy. Well, they knew him too, but I'm talking about like the street uh, urchins and con people and stuff like that. And he goes and uh, meets a um, down where where all the beggars go, and the guy's like, you know, has the one guy put his legs in this box, so he looks like a veteran that had his legs cut off. Uh, Took your pants in, you know, so, so I can't see you have legs, and here's some glasses so you look like you're blind. And his whole thing was he'd have these people go out and beg. They'd bring all the money back, and he'd get a cut and whatever. Um, that's one. That's so, one thing I love about um, about. Uh, film noir, the films from this era, like this kind of genre, is that they didn't really pull punches. Like it, you know, in the 30s and 40s, a lot of the films that would come out, like, you know, I'll use Gone with the Wind as an example. You see a lot of, like, very, you know, I guess well off people, or they, they look, they look attractive, they look like Hollywood stars. And then when you started doing film noir, you get these like really seedy sons of bitches. Like, you know, like Harry, yeah, Fabian. Yeah, yeah. Harry Fabian never would have been a character in a, in like a gone with the wind kind of movie. Cause he just looked, he was always sweaty. And like, you know, you get these people in the alleys and stuff that he was te- sweaty. Yeah. <laughs> their, their teeth are crooked and, and they're just doing just, they're doing what they need to do, what they need to do to get by. But it's not glamorous at all, which is I think is that's one thing I really like about the genre. You know that some of those people stunk. Oh God! I guarantee you, uh, Philip Nosserus, he probably smelled like powder, like he would try and cover himself up. But I guarantee you, he just smelled like fucking bacon, like he just rubbed bacon all over his body. But then would take like. Uh, 
uh, gold bond medicated powder and put it on his balls and stuff. <laughs> he, so, he, had, he had the fucking that crusty like uh, powder, uh, caked powder in his ass cheek <laughs> between his ass oh, cheeks. Yeah. Oh yeah, the green or the yellow? Because he couldn't wipe very well, so he'd have to put powder back there to keep himself from itching. She wiped it with her tongue. Oh. <laughs> but then she got tired of that. I like when he was trying to kiss her though. He gave her that fur coat and was trying to kiss her, and she was like, <laughs> "It looked like the uh, cartoon character where they'd have the great big uh, dog." And, be like, and have the little one, I'm going to hug him and squeeze him and hold him and hug him. And the cat's like trying to inch its way out. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Googie, uh, yeah, she she was just – that was obviously a, a, a relationship based on uh, financial gain. Um, so anyway, Harry uh, try, it has to um, – and, and really the thing is like uh, uh, Gregorius and his son, especially Gregorius, uh, you know, he – is really a good guy. I mean, he's probably, well, I was going to say Jean Tierney is too, but she does work at that bar. Like she says, my job is, you know, getting these guys as drunk as possible. And I'm tired of doing it or whatever. But Gregorius is, is, is what probably him and his one son are the, really the, the, they're totally out of their element uh, as far as being around these people. And so he's kind of trusting, and Harry's manipulating. Where his his other son is more worldly and has been in London and been around these people, so he knows what kind of person he is. And he's like, you know, you you are my dad, and I'll kill you, you motherfucker. Um, but he has to try and manipulate everything. Got the juggling all these people at the same time, and then try and get Gregorius to agree to. Um, have his son fight the strangler and you know i don't know how much we want to go into we, we don't have to we don't have to go much farther past that because it, yeah you'll get because, into spoiler territory from there yeah see and so harry fabian see he goes down and he's got mary see and he's going through <laughs> a tanny see and then uh, googie comes along see and she spanks her see but um the when I first started watching it tonight, because like I said, I've seen it. I saw it a long time ago, like when I was in high school, because I was a wrestling fan. And anything with wrestling in it, you know, you had to watch. And I mean, oh, a big Jesus, we used to get the magazines and read about, you know, all the old timers all the way back to Strangler Lewis and George Hackenschmidt and all this shit. Frank Gotch, uh, Farmer Burns, all those guys. Um, so um, – it was cool to see that he was in this movie and I was like, oh, fuck, we got to watch this movie. But when I started watching it right at first, I was like, man, this – God, you know, Woodmark's kind of uh, – <laughs> I don't know. Just right at first, it, it, it seemed really um, like – like when I was just doing the voice, yeah, she. What are we doing here? It seemed kind of like that. It was just like like a character caricature of what you would think a sleazy guy would be yeah. in the movie. But then as it goes on, right once you get into it, maybe like even like fifteen minutes into it or ten or fifteen minutes into it, that all goes away and you get immersed into the world that yeah. they're in. But um, I don't know. Okay, I like the movie. I thought it was pretty good. I think it's a classic. Yeah. You know. Well. I my two honestly my two favorite things about this film are uh Zabisco and the Strangler and Googie and Googie um no yeah. the I I thought both of them did a, an awesome job especially Zabisco who's not an actor um mm-hmm. 
Now, the, the yeah, he was excellent. Yeah, the first time I saw this, I liked it. I liked it more this time. Um, and this the scene, which I knew it was going to happen this time, but um, the scene where it shows like him acting the most, I guess, kind of like later on in the film. Yeah, uh, I got a little dusty. Well, and, it, and it I, choked me up a little. In that scene is where I was like, man, you know, he he's really good. I mean, it's not it's not like I mean. Put it this way: If I if if I had uh, Stanislaus Sabisco in his prime and Sylvester Stallone in his prime, and I had to pick which was the better actor, there's no fucking competition. Goddamn, uh, Drinkenstein is going down the tubes. Uh, Drinkenstein. The, uh, <laughs> the Jesus uh, Christ, that clip is so fucking awesome. <laughs> but wiser you made me a monster. <laughs> Did you see that? Uh-uh. Is oh that my god. Fuck yes. Oh my god. I, I Oh Jesus. Is that the is that the uh the Stallone singing? With a, the he's wearing a sombrero or whatever the fuck that was. <laughs> yes, it's the fucking I still didn't watch it cuz it's fucking I didn't care cuz it was <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> I need to watch it. Okay. All right, but I did watch the thing with that old, with that dude in the fucking American flag banana hammock slapping his ass in front of old people like four times. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, uh, if you sometimes you can get on like YouTube and they'll have <laughs> wrestling clips on there. Yeah. And when you look at the comments and stuff and who posted it, it might be like um uh George the Animal Steel against uh Tom Zank. And but it's not posted because people like to watch uh, uh, are like these big wrestling fans. It's like these gay guys post them oh. and they're like big hairy bear uh, uh, <laughs> wrestles hot young hot body. And then when I was watching this and I was watching Zabisco and the, this one guy, you know, wrestling um, and they, they do keep it like old school because like they, they were saying – Zabisco was Greco-Roman wrestler, so it, it was just straight up wrestling. You know, you had a, a couple of forearm smashes or something like that, but it's but even that was pretty. Enter- the way they shot it was pretty entertaining. Very good, yeah. That's I I love that the wrestling match that kind of just happens, and I you get I, a, I, it's it's he, filmed well. You get you. It's hard sometimes to film wrestling. Yeah, um, I've seen it done really poorly. And the angles and stuff, and and the angles and the sh- the shots and the you know just the way things are are um, just set up throughout the movie yeah. are, are good, and it comes right through in this action sequence. This well, there was one part where uh, the the, the uh, one guy has a hold on the other guy, and the the one thing that added to it that that made it for me is um, it was like deeper into the match, and the one guy was going. <gasps> Oh god, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he was getting squeezed and that, you know, it was like, you know, it really sold it like, you know, this guy, I mean, he can't fucking breathe. He's just, you know, uh, and um so that was I, I thought it was good, but I could see where, it's, you know, it's just like these young whippersnappers today. How come they didn't do any hurricane runs or moonsaults? <laughs> but I mean, it came across like two guys that were really in a struggle. Yeah. And I liked how at times like the film itself felt like a wrestling angle. I, I thought that was really nicely done. Yeah. Um, the uh, yeah, and Sabisco had some crazy fucking cauliflower ears, didn't he? He did, man. He's been smashed so many times. I can't imagine how because they said those fucking things. When you get one, it fucking hurts. I've heard uh, a, 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 quite a few people say the first time they got one, like if they got one on one ear, they couldn't even like 
they would have to sleep on the one side for a goddamn month because it hurt so bad. And then like Bruno San Martino, it's like a, it's like a piece of rock. I mean, it's so hard once it calcifies that it's, and they can't hear because it, you know, closes up like, like got flair and some of those guys, they'll actually go get them worked on before they get that bad. And, so they don't get like real the big fucking look like they have apples on the sides oh, of their heads. So gross. Yeah. The um you imagine if any of your dick was like that? <laughs> Cauliflower dick. I, and let me tell you something, if it was possible, <laughs> mine would be for as much as I'm fucking pounding the little watching Googie and Betty Googie. Page. <laughs> Googie. <laughs> I thought it was fitting that uh, Gregorius uh, is all pissed about the current state of wrestling, saying it's a circus after I just watched Ready to Rumble. <laughs> I was like, talk about fucking flipping the script. Like It's a completely opposite, these two movies. It's like Justin and Aaron and these guys were posting, yeah, and anybody watched the Royal Rumble? And I'm like, I mean, if it was... I don't even know if I'd say 10 years ago, because it's 2012 now, but I mean... I, I, it used to be I, I couldn't wait to find out what was happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'd get on there and look at the, the the sheets or get on a a message board. Okay, what happened last night at that? You know, now honestly, God, I, when they said that, I'm like, I, I, first of all, I don't give a shit, and second of all, I mean, it's just like I didn't even know what was going on. The uh, I, I remember when Hulk Hogan went uh, bad to NWO. That was fucking. That was like that was a highlight of college yeah and then people were throwing shit in the ring and everything oh it's like a riot man it was great we went uh i worked at a at a, a day camp and there was this older guy there named lonnie and uh we were the only two employees at this day camp that watched wrestling so we'd always talk about it and i saw him the next morning on tuesday morning after nitro and uh the first thing he just opens up his arms when i walk in he's like Hulk Hogan, man. Hulk Hogan. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, no. Monster, no. <laughs> oh, it was awesome. So, but uh, yeah, something happened in the last ten years. Wrestling got kind of unimportant for me. I think. I, 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 I wish it was different, um, but it isn't. So, it I is what know. it is. They lost me. I, I, I. It's hard to. Well, when when uh, when WCW went under, Ugh. I don't know. I hate Shawn Michaels. I hate Triple H, and I got to where I hate Vince McMahon and his stupid cunt fucking daughter, and, <laughs> and, and them just walking around the ring talking all the time. It's like Jesus freaking Christ, and just so much behind this. The they always show behind the scenes, and the, the WWF likes so much comedy, and which really a lot of it's really stupid. Anyway, whatever. But anyway, Zabisco would have never stood for that. <laughs> <laughs> Even though he did the, I'll tell you what, I would have liked to have seen him fight uh, uh, Phil Noceris. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that I like that li- the line that Phil Noceris had in there when he says, "You've got it all, but you're a dead man, Harry Fabian." He kind of talked like um, uh, uh, fucking uh, Hitch- Hitchcock a few times. Like he was, yeah. he was so fat that his like tongue and feet and cheeks were just like blah blah blah, <laughs> <laughs> blah blah blah. Yeah, you know. And there, I, oh, go ahead. There was a guy in. Um, wait, let me look this guy up. Well, and I'll, I'll go ahead and say Mary. Also, I, I like the line that she tells him. Like later on, she said she she she's kind of like pitying him. She's like, "You've worked harder than ten men." But at all the wrong things, and yeah. That really describes the Harry character quite well, and he's in really he's actually another good part of the film. Like you know, 
he's kind of loud and you know Widmark kind of overacts at times, but it it's it's the style of film too. Like you see it a yeah. lot in this type of film, and but him like just panicking and and just being slimy and just like oh fuck here he goes again and it's true i mean like he 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 knows what he wants to do but it never quite works for him but it's kind of like a self-imposed black cloud that he puts over his head like i mean well a good example of it is when he's setting up his new fabian promotions Mm -hmm. he's just gotten what seems to be just a bare minimum of money he's gotten like 400 pounds or something (laughs) And I, I now I know four hundred pounds was probably a lot more sixty years ago. That's how much Phil Nosser has weighed. He's already <laughs> <laughs> he's already got a fucking gym full of wrestlers. He's putting up this fancy sign outside, huge and he gets, sign, and he gets this thing delivered. This fucking like Atlas uh, lifting Harry Fabian uh, promotions sign on it for his desk. I'm like, yeah, it's just, like it's like bronze or something. He's staring at this thing. Like it's like, he wants to pet it. And I'm like, this is the pro- This is the guy with this. That's the problem with this guy. He's just, uh, he's kind of a douche. He would end yeah. up being like, uh, you know, if everything fell through, he'd end up being like sucking guys cocks in a fucking, uh, public <laughs> restroom just to get a couple of bucks. But, uh, there was a guy, um, that reminds me of Phil Nostros when you said about his jowls and everything. We were talking about how he probably smelled like bacon and shit. Uh, this guy, Victor Buono, Buono, he played King Tut on the old uh, uh, Batman TV series. And he was in Four for Texas. Well, in Four for Texas, he'd always be talking to Frank Sinatra or Dean Martin. And, the, and he's like a real rich guy, uh-huh. but he was big and fat. And he'd always be like have a turkey leg in his hand, and like when he'd be talking, he'd be he'd be belching. You know, he'd hold it in, <laughs> but he'd, like put us. His, he'd put his like fist up to his like solar plexus and be like, you know, <laughs> his cheeks would bulge out. But anyway, that's who Phil Nosferus. But I tell you what, Phil Nosferus is a is actually a pretty cool name, and I think the WWE is missing out if they don't have a Nosferus. Well, they did have Rhino. Imagine uh, <laughs> Rhino with a Y. Uh, Rhino ver or no <laughs> Rhino Bastion. <laughs> Booger and Phil Nosferus in the tag team. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Booger Nosferus. <laughs> well, anyway, let's uh, let's let's, let's, uh, let's rake this motherfucker. Let's put this bitch to bed. <laughs> Are you gonna go first? No, you can go. First. You can go first. Well, um, like I said, I think it's a classic. Um, hmm. Seven point seven five. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 if if I went by like just by keep by by the genre like other movies in that genre, it's 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 way up there. But compared to like just like other all movies, you know, yeah. I, I I think it's really good. I and and like I said, it, right when I first started watching it, I was like, this isn't as good as I remember until. They they got past like the first ten minutes or so. At first, I I just Widmark's character was kind of over the top, and he's walking around with a greasy ass looking, gross smile on his face and everything. But yeah, that's I'll stick to that. I um I like this better the second time. I watched this for the first time just maybe last year. Um, I really got into it this time. Now I have recently seen Night in the City, and I think Night in the City is a better better film by the same director. This is Night in the City. I mean, not Night in the City. Um, what was his other one? The other one that I mentioned earlier. Oh, you mean Night in the City? Naked, Naked City. Yeah, yeah. Naked Charlton City, Heston. I think, is a better, better film. Is that Charlton Heston? 
No, uh, Marilyn Monroe was in it. We talked about this actually. It was Barry. Damn, I asked you the exact same thing. Howard Duff. Uh, Marilyn Monroe <laughs> plays a small part, I think. But um, I liked. Hard I, to believe that Howard Duff's daughter grew up to be Hillary Duff. <laughs> the uh, granddaughter. I like. I like uh, I like Naked City better. This is still really solid. I give it an eight point two five out of ten. This is a buy. If you like film noir, um, you'll you'll like this. You'll like this film, I think. And if you like uh, your life wrestling, it's a cool little time capsule too. So. On the Criterion, they had a uh, like an extra thing with it. Uh-huh. The making of. Did you watch that? I didn't watch it. I didn't either. I didn't have time because you know we're doing the show. But anyway, I'll watch it later. Yeah, and then we'll have a little. We'll have a little. Uh, 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 Powwow. Powwow. Well, powwow. All right. Uh, let's take a break here, and uh, we're going to come back and <laughs> review another classic. <laughs> Ready to rumble. We'll be right back. Crom, I have never played to you before. I have no tongue for it. No one, not even you, will remember if we were good podcasters or bad. Why we recorded, or why we voicemailed. All that matters is Metal Mikey stood against many. That's what's important. Valor pleases you, Crom. So grant me one request. Grant me action attraction. And if you do not listen, let to hold you. Action Attraction, the action movie review podcast. You can find Action Attraction through MetalMikey.Lipson.com or at www.pennycult.com or by searching for Action Attraction in iTunes. That song still gets me ants from when I was a kid. Fucking love some demolition. Although I, I was more of a Legion of Doom guy. All right. I think Rick I Derringer. I never forgave said. that uh, fucking commie traitor, Crusher Khrushchev. <laughs> oh, goddamn communist. What else did he do? He played some fucking... They put him in some Repo fucking, Man! No, no, no. They made him a golfer in WCW. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember what his name was, though. <laughs> the, was it wasn't the pro. The, uh... I don't remember. I remember when he was the golfer, because he was always on WCW Saturday Night. Oh, Saturday Night was the fucking just waste of show. Here comes the X! You get to get on there and watch Chris Benoit beat guys up, and then think of him stra- tape. Duct taping his wife oh, and, and his uh, kid. strangling her and his little kid to death, and then offing himself. Fucking piece of shit! I don't give a fuck if he had brain. I don't believe he had brain damage. I think he's just an asshole. <laughs> I, the, the, Billy Jack Haynes said that he found out that what's her name had been uh, uh, had fucked Vince McMahon. Who? His wife, Nancy. Yeah. She fucked around said, on Kevin Sullivan, too. He said everybody knew it, and then when he found out, he went berserk, and she was leaving him. 
Huh. But Billy Jack Haynes is also fucking crazy. So ah, I love beer. <laughs> I love beer. <laughs> All right, now we're gonna do ready to rumble. I had to get more to drink to cover this horse crap. Mama, mama. I'm gonna let you introduce like it here. Okay. Okay, same. We got this turd, same. It's going to be uh, Two slacker wrestling fans are devastated. I mean, they're fucking devastated by the ousting of their favorite character by an unscrupulous promoter. Um, yeah, this is starring former, or sorry, Scott Kahn, one of Zom's favorite actors, Oliver Platt. <laughs> what the the fo- most fucking bizarre choice for a wrestling movie of all time? Mm-hmm. Um, Diamond Dallas Page, <laughs> like him, and four. Oh, uh, four, sorry, excuse me. Former WCW heavyweight champion Diamond Dallas Page, and <laughs> former WCW heavyweight champion David Arquette. I knew you had to throw that in there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Where's where's my fart studio when I need it? Hang your pants. <clears throat> this is um. Lick my fart studio, bitch. <laughs> I dare you to use that. <laughs> uh, is there a, is there like a fetish that we, uh, some women? I mean, are there women or men that like to like be farted in the face? I, I know there's like certain. there's face sitting. Uh, I don't mind face sitting. I don't like farts. Man, somebody ever farted in my face? It's over. This, re- this is our review of the movie. <laughs> Play that funky music, white boy. All right, so this movie, I assume, sucks. Was, was you chose it, motherfucker? So you got to give it. I a did. Um, this had had you seen it all the way through before? Before you chose it? Yes, my okay. fucking friend who I haven't seen in like ten years that I saw the other day just because I'm on fucking day shift. Uh, he's the one that got me to watch it because he said, "No, no, it's really good." <laughs> he said, "It's funny." He was a liar. <laughs> Goddamn lion son of a bitch. Oh my god. So um And he might be listening to this show because I told him about the podcast. He said he said I didn't tell him we were reviewing this though, but um Let me tell you this Todd, if you're out there, this movie fucking sucks so bad. It it's fucking horrible. It 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 it, it could be I'm trying to think what I would say is like the worst movie I've ever seen. This this has got to be equal to it. No, I don't, okay, I don't know if I'd go that far for me, dude. <clears throat> it's bad. It is. Oh, bad. Yeah, can you think? Can but, you think of a movie that's like really bad? That that <laughs> right now, no. But I have been drinking a little. Drunk fucker. Um, <laughs> now this is. Um, I don't know if this was like funded by WCW or not, but <sighs> it's. Um, <laughs> I think it was funded by Diamond Dallas Page <laughs> by as much as he's in the son of a bitch. Goddamn fucking <clears throat> so um power of positive basically, thinking. Basically, Yoga fag. <laughs> I mean I don't mean that in a gay way. Basically what we get here are two guys that are obsessed with this wrestler who <clears throat> apparently has been um Jimmy King um, belching like crazy. Jimmy King. 
who I guess is supposed to be good, but it's kind of like the a very stereotypical, like washed up guy that is put on top by the writers in wrestling. He's like Jerry Lawler without the pedophilia. Or maybe with. We didn't see that. Or it's not pedophilia. It was just underage girls. They weren't like prepubescent. Now, um, I got to say, if you hate David Arquette, avoid this movie because oh. this motherfucker does his that annoying scream that he does like all the time. Yes. That's and like, if you hate David Arquette, high five. <laughs> uh, tucking terrible. He He's screaming like one minute into this movie. Um yeah. And, the, and another person that I'm very disappointed to see in this, uh, there was a lot of people that I was disappointed to see in this. Uh, I met Zappa. Now this yeah, guy, you know, I didn't realize that was him until I read the, the the credits at the end. I used to listen to a radio show that he was on that was really fucking funny, and he's in this movie and he's just not funny at all in uh, this movie. I'm like, man, he just he fucking didn't do shit with his career. It just I don't know if they had a script for this movie. I think that they said <laughs> these people are so funny. And we'll just improvise because when you see at the end, they show outtakes and it looks like, okay, let's do it again. Let's do it. And I know that they do takes over and over again in movies, but I can't imagine that anybody put too much thought into writing this. Well, um, basically these two losers hang out. They, 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 I guess, pump shit out of Porta Johns for a living. Um, They drive a truck around. Scott Kahn. His dad like d- like gave him this truck. What's his name? Sean Dawkins in the movie. Fucking David Arquette's name is Gordy Boggs. What a stupid name. Um, so in, you get this like I guess fantasy scene at the beginning with Arquette kind of like dreaming what's happening, and you do get to see the Nitro Girls, which is pretty cool because right around this time, I guess it was in probably for me it was around ninety eight. It was when Nitro was still really big. Mm-hmm. They did like a mm-hmm. campus tour thing across the United States. And they uh, did a um, – they had a show in Chapel Hill at UNC where I was going to school. And my fr- and I won two tickets for like this behind-the-stage thing and, and tickets for Nitro in the Dean Dome. And I invited a friend of mine because he was a big wrestling fan too. And it was cool. I got to meet all the Nitro girls. And it's like you know, in this movie they do, the, they do what TV did and totally just you know, show tits and ass the whole time. But actually getting to talk to them was kind of neat because one was like a CPA. Like they had like normal jobs outside of this. <laughs> I wouldn't even want to know that. <laughs> and fucking, I, I want them to just be brainless whores. <laughs> and Ricky Rackman was there because he did, uh, he did the camera store. He, it's because he was trying to fuck off. Hey, I'm dating fire of the nitro girls what a douche he is to <laughs> fucking dick the, the, i saw the there's a there was a blonde nitro girl with real short hair i always thought she was the fucking hottest one she was super hot is that the one zabisco he, zabisco was fucking one of them for a long time i'm not sure who he was and kevin nash was screwing the asian nitro oh, she was in it too she's also banging and and rose mcgowan just doesn't fit as a nitro girl i don't i don't understand that choice Another one that I'm not sure why was in the movie. There's a, like I said, there's a few of those. Uh, who was the other? Who's the, who played the old guy? <laughs> Landau? Why? Landau. <laughs> Did he need some money? What the fuck? Anyway. Um, Probably. Good <laughs> so, Yeah, and in this fantasy sequence at the beginning, I kind of wonder, like, the, you get an appearance by Macho Man, which is kind of cool, but I kind of wonder how he felt having to sell to fucking fatty Oliver Platt. 
Yeah, man, uh, he had some black shoe polish in his hair too. Because uh, when he retired, he he went totally gray. His hair was so black, mm-hmm. and and gorgeous George, that young chick, like he was fifty, and he was dating like a nineteen year old blonde with big <laughs> fake titties. Who it was really strange. He freaked out that she left him. What do you expect, dude? It doesn't matter how many steroids you're on. You're still fucking old enough to be her grandpa. I miss Macho. <clears throat> freak out, freak out, me. So Dig it. He, uh, <laughs> Dig it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, and the, so after this whole intro sequence at the, at the uh, mini mart, they're going to go to Nitro. Or no, I guess, is it Nitro they're going to? It doesn't matter. They, uh, they're going to a wrestling show at the fucking War <laughs> Memorial Coliseum in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Another weird choice. Like, why fucking set it in Wyoming? What does that have to do with Because anything? I think that's where Eric Bischoff lives. <laughs> it is. No shit. Oh, is He's it? got okay. like a... When he went from being a, a fucking ring announcer or whatever and AWA to somehow getting the job of running WCW and getting like millions of dollars, he bought a big fucking ranch or something out there in Wyoming. So I, I guarantee you that has something to do with it. So he probably put some cash behind it thinking, you know, we'll make big movies. I'm sure. So anyway, the um – <laughs> They should have had Alexis Arquette in this, the training brother. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, they uh, they go to the show, and of course, Lit is on the fucking soundtrack. I love that fucking song. And then like, you hear Kid Rock. It's like, man, this soundtrack is just made for fucking date rapists, douchebags. It's fucking Can't awful. Redneck fucking ugh. Ugh, terrible. So, um, Kid Rock could have played David Arquette's part. I wrote this note. I don't remember what this is. I said, Britney's taco with cheese all over. Has he been in our Facebook group? <laughs> no, was I drunk when I wrote oh, that? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> you, you remember what Britney's taco with cheese all over has done you? When they were going through the drive-thru and the one girl that works there. And oh, they were yeah. Going, that, was, that was actually kind of funny. I like, yeah, I Britney's it, taco it. with cheese all over it. Britney's taco. Britney was kind of cute. Um, yeah. And she was a wrestling fan, which is a plus, so. So uh, they're driving around this truck full of ass juice, and um, it was kind of funny watching them eat sandwiches like while their so the nozzle on the back is just dripping with brown you know that shit thing's water. <laughs> yeah, it's dripping. I'm surprised it didn't let, like drip on their fucking food or something. So I get I have two problems early on with this film. Early on, I have two problems with this film, other than David Arquette <laughs> being in it. So, um, <laughs> the whole fucking thing is an abortion. Now they. They shit on the. They kind of shit on wrestlers by like like they show they introduce this movie by showing all these old guys, and that's supposed to be I guess lending some kind of credence to the movie. And I don't mean old guys as in old. I mean like old as in like they're showing like photos of like Haystacks Calhoun or little video clips. Yeah, you know, yeah. classic wrestlers, and then they're showing this asshole Oliver Platt. Who Oliver Platt might be a nice guy. He's a stupid idiot in this movie, and has a speech impediment too, doesn't he? Well, he did, he's well, he's he's Canadian like and, do, and he's doing this like weird Southern accent, so yeah, it's kind yeah. of over the top. He might be doing it on purpose, but um, now I feel like, especially watching this in, in next to you know Night in the City. Uh, God, I'm burping like crazy. They um, wow, they 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 show no reverence after after introducing the movie with these clips of these classic wrestlers. They absolutely show no reverence to these move, these wrestlers at all because they just kind of like. I don't know. It feels like they at times they're like the only people that are that even like 
look up to the wrestlers are David Arquette and Scott Conn's characters. Yeah. Well, I, but I think that like WCW, I mean, some people that aren't wrestling fans don't know this, but I think that like when Nash and Bischoff and all of them got in there, they, I don't think they showed any reverence to anything. Like it was like they were just the fans. I don't think they liked the fans. I, yeah. I don't think they really liked but they just like they like like they, they it like was like a, money. they were like, just yeah, doing they're, they're just we, everybody was marks everybody was stupid and we're just stealing money yeah that's the way I felt they um <clears throat> this is a bad time for WCW like this is post well, I guess NWO was still going on Sting obviously still had his black and white paint which that went on way too long and um because he's in the movie a couple times he doesn't speak which um. But the other thing I had a problem with was that they make wrestling fans just look dumb as hell. And again, like you just said, it really felt like that's what WCW's outlook on just wrestling yeah. at this point was. Like they fucking just had they're just were eating like hogs for years. They were killing WWF and then they just fucking and watch that documentary the Rise and Fall of WCW. Yeah. I know it's a WWE like production, but it's pretty interesting seeing, you know, the well, they said the they asylum, almost basically. had like a, yeah, they had like a uh, a blank check. Uh, Bischoff had a blank check from you know uh, AOL or wasn't Ted Turner? I think he had sold it, but like AOL and and uh, the guys were making so much money they didn't have to work if they didn't want to. They mm-hmm. you know they didn't give a shit about anything because when that's the one thing like uh, after they went under, now Vince. This is only like a year before they went yeah. under too. Yeah. And, he, and you can see why they went under. But like Vince McMahon, a lot of the guys that he brings up now, they're not making millions and millions of dollars yeah. because once they start making that much money, if you're if you're going to pay a guy, you know, five million dollars, then first of all, he doesn't give a fuck, and it's guaranteed he he doesn't care, yeah. and he doesn't give a shit about anything. You can fire him tomorrow, and he's like, that's fine. I'll just go retire. I don't care. So you know, uh, whatever. I gotta say, this uh, uh, director Brian Robbins has directed such killed. classics as Good Burger, <laughs> as as uh, uh, the Shaggy Dog remake of 2006, Norbit. Anyway, um, he does a decent <laughs> job uh, filming wrestling. Though um, there's some stuff that's pretty well done in it. Um, obviously, Oliver Platt or Oliver Splat, as I kept writing on my. <laughs> In my notes. Um, obviously, he's not a wrestler. No. But they did a really good job, I thought, with the, his stunt double, and especially the first match with Diamond Dallas Page. And um, who was the stunt double? I have no idea. I didn't look it up. Gregory Shane Helms. Oh, there you go. And Hometown, Chris Canyon baby. Was, uh, I thought Chris Canyon did a bunch of the stuff. Chris Canyon? Or, no, no, no. No, no, no. I think Helms was Arquette's stunt double, and Chris uh, Canyon was Platt's. Okay, Canyon was really good. Is he st- and Canyon was the coordinator. He's Did dead. He-, he killed himself. That's right. Yeah, he he, was- he came out that he was gay, and then it wasn't that long. It was maybe like a year or so later. He, I think he took a bunch of pills and killed himself. That um, that- which is really sad. The triple cage in this was his invention. Yeah, mm. who better? Who better than Canyon? I like that guy. But, he um, seemed like a nice guy. He, uh, I-, I liked that. This is at this time when, at a time when, uh, you know, 
behind the scenes wrestling stuff became like big on the internet. He had a blog and he was writing a bunch of this stuff about coming out being gay and stuff. And it was really interesting. So, um, but they did a good job with the wrestling stuff. Like, you know, not obviously looking like it wasn't Oliver Platt. Um, the, uh, (laughs) they, in the, in this match, the, the King's men, as they call them, come running out to save, uh, to save, Oliver Platt's care or to save Jimmy King. I thought it was a weird mix. It was like Perry Saturn, yeah. Conan and Mr. Perfect. I think that was all that, that when I was watching that, I was like, okay, this is so WCW where every goddamn match, they'd have 20 guys run in. And what, I was wondering if they just ran out of people that wanted to even be on this stupid movie because like Perry Saturn, Mr. Perfect and Conan had nothing to do with each, any with each yeah. other ever. <laughs> It's just like throwing whoever they could find in there, um, but in the in another cool uh, scene or moment in that wrestling match was the the quadruple flying headbutt and the top rope splash all in. Yeah, that was motion. pretty cool. Yeah, that was pretty cool. So, um, and Bam Bam's dead too. Bam Bam is dead. There's a lot of dead guys. <laughs> Mister Perfect's dead. Uh, yeah, he was on it. He was dead. Yeah. Um, the uh, I wrote another note that I can't remember. French toast dipped in shit. Oh, when they okay. So on the way home from rest, uh, another uh, something this movie suffers from is scenes just like stuck in. I guess to pad the time, lack of funniness. (laughs) (laughs) That's another thing it suffers from. Major fucking suckitude. Yes. (laughs) Oh, that one was called corn chowder. Um, (laughs) Uh, I'd rather fucking have corn chowder out of. Rose McGowan's butthole and watch this fucking out of, thing. Out of Googie with. Now, I will say this to, to our fans. Um, <laughs> <laughs> our fans. Um, I picked this. And I, and, 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 and I, I talked Loaf into it by saying, no, it will be funny because it's so bad and we'll be able to make fun of it. But I, honest to God, like even, okay. We covered, like, one of the first movies we covered, I think it was one of the first ones, was uh, Ready to Rumble, which was a WWF Hulk Hogan production. Oh, no, uh, uh, No Holds Barred. No Holds Barred. Okay. What did I say? Ready to Rumble? You said that's, Ready to Rumble, yeah. That's what we're watching. Okay. No Holds Barred. I'm telling you what. No Holds Barred is like a fucking Oscar-winning <laughs> movie compared to this. As far as being... Not that it was great, but that but the stuff in it, we had a good time talking about mm-hmm. it. The the stuff Hogan wore, you know, uh, uh, rip, try, <laughs> try. And shit like that. This movie, there's very little in it that I could. I, I it, it was just in. It was inept. It was fucking top to bottom, with the exception of Sal Bandini. Sal Bandini, that's a fucking highlight. He ruled. Um, Fuck. The, I can't um, believe that you, uh, uh, you uh, I'm I hate to say this cuz you know of course everybody's in podcasting would say something like this if they would have this fucker cost 24 million dollars <laughs> and they made 12 if, <laughs> if they worldwide gave you and me 24 million dollars we could make a better movie than this now, and cast people in it that nobody even fucking knew now that that is interesting you and say then that and keep all the money for ourselves cuz in the film while I'm watching it I'm like I was thinking there's a, there's a decent movie there in, is somewhere in here the the story I don't I don't know that it's been told it might have been told with like boxing or whatever but with wrestling it's a little different because at the at one point they come to Jimmy King who 
for some reason he's been out of he's been banned from WCW for a week and he's already in ruins and living in a trailer. Go figure. Um, but now when he was in the trailer drinking and stuff, I it kind of I was like, you know, I wonder if this is like when like Loaf goes gets home from work. <laughs> I wonder if this is like yeah, like like we're doing the podcast right now. <laughs> yeah, it's after work. That's why I'm drinking tonight. We usually do this in the morning. I don't drink in the morning. So. Um, <laughs> Now, but what I was saying earlier, like the, what this movie suffers really uh, very much from, like I said, there's a decent movie somewhere in here if they had a different director and different actors and a different writer. But <laughs> um, the the comedy bits that they pad the movie with are just so fucking painful. They're terrible. The, terrible. Terrible. Like, uh, well, like what I was saying, the French toast dipped in shit was when they wrecked their truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guess, get it. It sucks. I guess the wrecking of the truck get makes them like do something different with their lives. I don't know, but it's stupid. And like, well, there's raw sewage <laughs> dripping out of the out of the fucking truck, and somebody's like, "I think it smells like French toast." And Scott, or that's what David Arquette says because they like the smell of raw sewage now. And he's like, "French toast dipped in shit." And then a fucking toilet paper truck wrecks. And like what a quinky dink, and fucking like rolls of toilet paper. Like it's not packaged; it's just loose rolls of toilet paper in the back of a truck. I guess they just fly and land in the shit, and it's dumb. Stop. It's fucking awful. Anyway, the um, they travel to Atlanta to go to go find Jimmy Jimmy King. They travel with a bunch of nuns who fart. Apparently, I guess that's funny. But they uh, uh. they sing uh, like a like a nun like acoustic version of Running with the Devil, and I wrote, "Would I have laughed at this if the movie didn't suck ass?" <laughs> um, but uh, there was a, a, one one minor gleaming moment is when they meet this redheaded kid who's been in a lot of shit, and I did not I don't know who he is. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. <clears throat> but uh, everything. <laughs> He said, "Makes like they meet him at the store. He's playing a video game, and he, they're talking about something. Oh, what happened to Jimmy King on Nitro? And he's like, yeah, it makes me want to puke. But my dad said puking's for pussies. <laughs> Which I was like, ooh, that hit home. The um, <laughs> So that comes up a few you times. He said something's for pussies, which was kind of funny. Oh, and uh, Caroline Ray has a good line in it, too. She plays Jimmy King's wife, and... Uh, she says, "All I got to remember him by is an itchy crotch." I laughed at that too. So the, the, a lot of the stuff was just, but I it was mean, throwaway. It was, it was worthless. But not um, even th- not even throwaway. It's, uh, I mean, really, okay. When they said, uh, you know, some movies are made for kids and some movies are made for adults. This was just. Uh, it's not even like you know when I wanted to say the. Like crude humor when you have like some of these movies that are like really raunchy movies. But it's not even like that. This is just moronic. It's not even – okay, like say if you watch Porky's or you watch, um, uh, I don't know, 40-Year-Old Virgin or something like that and people are like, oh, you know, it's really raunchy or even uh, American Pie. Yeah. This goes even b- beyond that. I mean it's just dumb. It's like guys that aren't funny – that think this will be funny, you know. When, like I, I used to know, I used to know people like from hanging out in the bars and stuff like that. Okay, like if somebody they that uh, either owned the bar or somebody that was like a sports guy or something, and they'd say something funny, which wasn't funny, and you know didn't make you laugh or anything, but people would laugh anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's like when I watch some of the like uh, pregame football um, 
shows and Terry Bradshaw's laughing hysterically like an idiot and Howie Long and those guys, but the stuff they're saying really isn't that funny and you're thinking, Okay, these guys are just they're 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 really dumb and they're just not they're not funny. They don't understand comedy and that's the thing I get out of it. And yeah. I think Diamond Dallas Page and Eric Bischoff and uh this thing reeks of Vince Russo. Like this mm-hmm. is the kind of booking that Vince Russo did for WCW back in the day. Like this kind of like, like fucking getting Carl Malone wrestling and all that yeah, shit. Jay Leno. Yeah, the, you know, I mean, it's just it's cheap, and uh, it's just going for like base level like horse shit. Um, and, and you know, this is full of it. So. The uh, but what I was saying that you know that, that there's a decent movie Poor in here. shit with waffles, <laughs> <laughs> French toast dipped in horse shit. <laughs> I bet you Kevin Nash. See, that's funny. Kevin Nash came up with that. The, um, we were taking a bunch of somas and sitting around getting high, <laughs> fucking fifteen year old rats. <laughs> yeah, that's funny, man. The um. When I was saying this movie, the Goldberg farted. This movie, this movie could have been that wasn't really a Goldberg fart. That that fart that was a that was a Googie Withers fart. Googie. <laughs> um, it could have been a better better movie because I mean, you know, these two kids traveling, and they're kind of like they're they're. I guess they they probably they know that wrestling's a work. But they still like nah, they because still. what's his name said that to David Arquette and he screamed, "It's not fake. gross." Um, but it could have like, been it could have been a good movie with two like younger guys like kind of encouraging this older wrestler who's kind of just disenchanted with the whole business. And it's it's an interesting thing wrestling because it's like, you know, acting is one thing and fucking like boxing is another and wrestling kind of falls in between them. And it's a, it's a d- physically demanding and it, you know, it takes a lot out of the people that do it. And it's interesting, the guys that end up doing it. And if a movie could be made that, you know, covered this where the wrestler just getting just burned out, but, you know, finally, you know, learning from, whoever that he actually inspires somebody for whatever reason, you know, it could be done into an interesting level. And this is fucking not, this is the opposite of that movie. So, um, I did think of you with, uh, seeing Joey pants with all his terrible hair throughout the movie. Fuck uh, a doc. His Willie Nelson dues might be maybe worse than his Eddie and the cruisers comb over. Um, and I think he even sports like a French braid. <laughs> Yes, Later. that's when he looked like Shawn Michaels when he had the cowboy hat on. And he looked like if Shawn Michaels in about, well, I was going to say 10 more years, but I'd say close to about right now. He had that cowboy hat on, like a western jacket, boots and jeans, and then he had his hair in ponytails, and he looks like fucking Shawn Michaels. Now, did you notice that Arquette fucking like would drool like crazy in this movie? Well, yeah, because he's got like he's got squirrel cheeks. He always talk, does. He would just start screaming, and like slobber would just fall out of his face. It was really gross. I don't know if they just left it. Oh, in and, and like, at yeah, the time, okay. he was a fucking drug addict, <laughs> so that that didn't help. But um, so we get we get introduced to Martin Landau's character, who is a. This is when the two the two guys decide. I don't know where they get this money, but they decide to take Jimmy King to New York to train to his comeback match against Diamond Dallas Page, and they go and train with this old guy. Sal, who is played by Martin Landau, another like I said, why is he in the movie? But I'm glad he was because he's funny. 
He's a little skinny guy, but he fucking just kicks everybody's ass, which is hilarious. Yeah. Um, you get to see him like whip up on uh, Saturn and fucking Sid Vicious. <laughs> he's the Stanislaus Sabisco of this movie. He is. And he's so funny. I really laughed when he said uh, he said something about crap and tapioca. <laughs> that was pretty funny. But um, his character is pretty uh, – he's not in it for long enough. It would have been better to see him like appear at the end or something, but um, – I wrote, she going to boob him to death? I don't know what that is. <laughs> Must have been a line. She, she going to boob him to death? Must have been a line. I think Vince movie. Russo wrote that line. <laughs> and then I wrote, Scott Kahn is not funny. Scott Kahn's ass is not funny. <laughs> I really don't remember any if of he's in a, If he's in a movie, he has to fucking show his ass. He's like one of these little cocky fuckers. You can just tell by oh, looking yeah. at him and the oh, way yeah. he acts that he thinks he's the shit. And oh god, he's four feet fucking tall. His he, <laughs> he his neck is the same size as like wider than his head, but his arms are probably like I mean he's damn near a midget. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you what, if I was James Caan, I'd fucking man. He had a you know how Ryan O'Neill once punched uh, his son Griffin O'Neill in the face and knocked his teeth out because he was on drugs. <laughs> And even though Ryan O'Neill was on drugs also, he wanted to be a good father. <laughs> and, you know, I just need that. If, if Scott Conn was my kid, uh, I... You would have punched him a that. long time ago. Oh, he's he's like the mini-me of James Conn, except they put the mini-me of James Conn on a copy machine and made copies of copies of copies. <laughs> yes. I hate that son of a bitch. <laughs> he's pretty fucking terrible. Um, I had to look up uh, Oliver Platt's height. Um, after this, because a few times he like towers over people, and I kind of wondered if he was standing on like a milk crate like Sylvester Stallone. Um, yeah, but he's actually six three, so I guess he's pretty big. Um, as, bu- as Jim Cornette would say, he has buggy whip arms and <laughs> put like elbow pads, pull him up, and, and his outfit was obviously there to cover up his, <laughs> his horrible his, body, his fucking moobs. You know, there, you know, that dude had some tits under his arms. Moobs, movies. I did. Uh, I did laugh for you of all time. <laughs> it's terrible. I did laugh at Scott Conn when he said, uh, "Look, a diamond upside down is a pussy." I did laugh at that. That was yeah, my one. Think, Scott one thing Conn that got me also is um, I never thought DDP was like big enough to be. Now, if they would have had like Hulk Hogan, would have been the guy Jimmy King fights, or even Macho Man, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or somebody, or you know, even Sting or somebody. DDP, you know, he's just in this because he was Eric Bischoff's next door neighbor and best buddy because he was never – they tried to make him bigger and tried to put him on that level, but he never was. And that's why I think when people were watching this, you know, they were probably like, you know, why is this douche out there? You know, every there's like other guys in the movie. Sid Vicious would have been better, you know. They got this guy who's like 50 years old, you know, bleh. And they did make fun of his leathery skin. Yes, uh, <laughs> they did. Um, they also um, the uh, yeah Perry Saturn didn't say anything in it. He soon went to WWF after this. Yeah, uh, Sid Vicious soon fucking ruined his leg, and maybe uh, I, I think he might be back now. I feel they like said he's seen... like bigger than he ever was. Now <laughs> he's on some steroids. Yes, oh, shit. I don't, I didn't think after seeing him break his leg, he would ever be back. Um, fucking Billy Kidman is it was in here. I don't know where the fuck ever happened to him. Um, he broke up with Tori, and she's fucking uh, not Jeter. Uh, 
What's his A-Rod? A-Rod. Did you know that? <laughs> I, I did know that. I think you told me that. Yeah. She still looks good, too. Oh, God. She was fucking hot. She had some weird skin, but whatever. Yeah. Whatever. It's from all the blown loads <laughs> on her face. Um, and... Um, and Gene Okerlund plays in here, and he says something weird. He has one weird line in here, too, which I played that song earlier by him, so fuck him, too. I heard he was a giant cokehead. But, oh, really? Wow. Yeah, yeah. That would they be said, crazy. They said not only was, he was a big pussy hound, like he would get all kind of women, even though he looked the way he did, but also that he, that's just what I heard, but that he uh, liked to mm. sit in Hogan and him both like to shove a lot of shit up their nose. Oh, shit. Van Hammer. So there was, there was this one guy that was like a lackey. Yeah, lackey. I saw him. I did not recognize him at all. So Van Hammer was in there. Booker T was in there without his dreads. He had the, he still had the box, which is pretty funny. <laughs> the box. That was a horrible haircut. <laughs> and his little mustache. He had the little mustache, too. And Ray Mysterio was in there briefly, um, and he was, and, and how little he was—he looked like he weighed 150 pounds. He goes to WWF, and within a week, he was 220. <laughs> yeah, and Disco Inferno. I got a funny thing about D- Disco Inferno. I, I in Greenville, North Carolina, this fucking—it's a town of like, I mean, with the college that, with the university, with East Carolina University, there is probably the population 25,000 people. This mm-hmm. is a tiny little place. I saw this local wrestling thing there, and and uh, DDP and. Who was the guy that around the same time he was the black dude that did the wiggle dance? Um, uh, Norman Smiley. Norman Smiley. Both of those guys were on the card, and I felt so bad for him because it was a, a it was an audience of maybe twenty people. It was at a community center, and it was a bunch of local guys wrestling in those two. I'll tell you a funny story about Norman Smiley. Is you know the Steiners were known for being you know these just incredibly tough guys. You know mm-hmm. that. Just beat the shit out of ever all these people because they were legit like Big Ten wrestlers and everything. And uh, Norman, so I can't remember if it was Scott or Rick. I think it might have been Rick. Norman Smiley fucking got in a fight with him and knocked him out cold. Wow, drilled Norman, him. Norman Smiley was a goofy guy, but that guy. And was uh, what's was his ripped. name? Um, oh fuck, uh, Flash Funk. Mm-hmm. Flash Funky Funk. He <laughs> beat the shit out of uh, Hawk Road Warrior. <laughs> That's crazy. That guy was huge. Fuck. Um, but uh, funky funk. but yeah, for I I felt really bad at that time for 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 um because uh uh, uh 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 Disco Inferno was the champion of this particular <laughs> league, I guess. Oh, he looked like a macho man parody standing there with this fucking stupid cowboy hat <laughs> and a vest with fur on it. Oh, he was so bad. He I, was just there though. I, mean, I felt sorry there. for that guy, but um he um. There was this referee named Ron Mills. I'll never forget his name. He must have been. He must have just lived in Greenville, um, but he got a bigger pop than Disco Inferno from this crowd of twenty people. <laughs> nice. I think the people there knew him. Yeah. So, so they just kept saying every time Ron Mills would be in the match, these like half the crowd would just go Ron Mills just over oh. and over again. It was funny. So anyway, um, duh, Arquette. Um, he, like I said earlier, he former WCW champion. They, the powers that be, decided that it would be a good idea for him to actually win the belt to promo this movie. Two things behind Basically. the scenes. Yeah, this well, it was after this movie. Um, it was like almost a year later. Really? Um, yeah, it was in two thousand one, I believe. So hmm. the um, the 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 triple cage match. Now I've read, I've read somewhere. I could not find this part. I've read somewhere about the people that actually performed on this triple level cage. 
and talking about how fucking like shoddy it was and how they just feared for their lives. And it reminded me of that, um, the, uh, the scaffold match Cornette's talked about before with, uh, where he fucked up his knee. Yeah. 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 How you can tell like the midnight express versus, uh, uh, road Road Warriors. warriors. And how fucking horrified. They, I think the Road Warriors didn't care. They were probably coked up anyway. But Well, they knew they weren't going to fall. Yeah. Could, <laughs> they weren't going to be the ones that had to fall. You could tell fucking, especially like Bobby Eaton was fucking horrified to be on that thing. Bubba, catch me. <laughs> Bubba <laughs> fucking stepped out of the way right before that hit. I felt like I've read somewhere and I could not find it, like people talking about like hate and working on a thing. And, they, and WCW only used that triple level cage twice after this movie. Um, but, um, I saw that the, the, uh, world class with the Von Ericks, they had a triple cage one time before. Like stacked on top like that? Yeah. Jimmy Garvin and, uh, Von Ericks and Jimmy Garvin was a funny guy. Well, and then, uh, the, even before they had, they used a triple cage in WCW even before because it was, um, the the tower of doom or something like tower of doom, Kevin Sullivan and Jimmy Garvin fighting over precious. I think the difference with this one was that they didn't have doors and they had like a ladder leading up. And that's what, that's what they think that was the problem that guys had with it or something. But so, so Arquette, I don't remember where, how he won the world title or anything. I don't, I had kind of turned out of WCW by that point until they got sold. Um, what was what what I can respect him for was that he was not all the way on board with that. Like, yeah, he was afraid that his winning the d- title would kind of like tarnish it in a way. Yeah, and I read that he later um, he donated all the money that WCW paid him mm-hmm. uh, to the families of uh, uh, Brian Pillman and Owen Hart. And uh, but it didn't help because everybody in wrestling hates his guts now because of that. But he, I think, what it was, it was like a three-way dance deal, mm-hmm. and the other guy beat the guy and then put Arquette on top of him. Oh, okay. some deal like that. Oh, and, and he got, he donated money to Brian Hildebrand, who was a deceased referee, and he yeah. gave money to uh, to uh, Darren Drozdoff or yeah, uh, he's been a few things. Puke, I think he was called. Got paralyzed. Yeah, he got he was paralyzed by Delo, which that was pretty brutal. I, I, Delo never recovered from that. That guy felt so yeah. bad about that. He never he never was the same after that. And he was a pretty decent wrestler too. So. Yeah. Anyway, that's all about that's about all I have. I like when uh, <laughs> just to go through a few things that I had to not. Uh, I don't have a lot. Uh, Sal Bandini told somebody to stifle, <laughs> like they, when they first went to visit him, and of course he stretched like both of them and he was like they started talking he's like stifle uh so he was funny he was crazy eyed and he had like a trap door in his house and shit <laughs> when saturn <laughs> and uh uh sid came to to get him oh, um, hilarious uh, i had on my notes uh what what the fuck is wrong with courtney cox um <laughs> because she was married to that id idiot <laughs> for years um uh, Possum ain't dead till you scrape it off the road. I don't know who said that, and I don't care. Uh, <laughs> Where was Rose that? McGowan talks through her nose more than George Jones, speaking of possums. Um, <laughs> she was not a good Nitro girl. She talks through her nose all the time. I mean, honest to God. And you know what? She's had too much plastic surgery or something because her face looks fucked up. Uh, sometimes she looks good. She looked, uh, you know, but I don't know. I love, uh, her. I love her, man. She's fucking hot. <laughs> Rose, Rose, Rose McGowan, and Arquette fuck, but they were like he was like fighting with her and giving her like vertical suplex and shit like that. that 
That was it. Really, it was really dumb because you know, I mean, Jesus Christ, just fuck the goddamn bitch. Um, <laughs> uh, she had on a, like a, a pink uh, 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 skin tight dress that was like all it was all sweater material. It was oh, like one piece, the, the turtleneck sweater. Yeah, that was that was so fucking hot because it was it was just really tight. It was like an angora sweater all the way down to even though it went like down to her to her knees. It was just really tight. So that was hot. Uh, Martin Landau or Sal Bandini, he had somebody and he, he uh, in some kind of hold and he said, who's your daddy, bitch, which I thought was pretty good. I think it was Sid and Sid was crying. Uh, Sid was like, yeah, crying. He, beat up, he beat up Sid and Perry Saturn who didn't have a speaking role. I used to like Perry Saturn a lot too. That guy fell apart, man. Yeah. Well, Jesus Christ. He beat his body to death. And um, his if you ever see his shoot, he's not the most intelligent person. Oh, God. In uh, <laughs> he's been dropped on his head too many times. Oh my god, he has a face tattoo. Yeah, yeah, like uh, well, almost worse than fucking uh, uh, Mike Tyson because he has the skull thing like Bam Bam, and then half his face tattooed, uh, and his he's got tattoos everywhere now. Um, Sal Bandini ends up getting his uh, getting uh, they get the better of him, and later when they show him in the hospital, he says, "My balls are in my throat, my prostate's the size of a watermelon, and I'm <laughs> crapping tapioca. I feel like a kid again." <laughs> That was pretty funny. Yeah. He was the best part of the movie. Yes, he um, was. I wish they put. I wish they did a lot more with him. I think Butterfinger must have been a sponsor because they, <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. like big time product placement for them and AT and T. Because I, I think I remember the wrestlers doing like uh, AT and T commercials, and they were they were on the uh, payphone and it was covered with AT and T stuff. Uh, Scott Conn looks like Barney Rubble. Uh, <laughs> Let's see. I wrote. Stu- I told Loaf. I said uh, most of my notes just say "stupid" over and over again. Um, pretty kitty. Holy shit. Pretty kitty. Oh, the girl. They they had the uh, thing where they they uh, Jimmy King was um, uh, 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 auditioning people to be his entourage, and this girl comes out and she just looks like oh, a country yeah. girl, and she goes, "My name's Kitty," and they're like, "Ah, you're a little too," and she just rips her dress off that and has a, the, that was the line. That was the what yeah. is she going to do? Boob him to death? She goes, "They call me Pretty Kitty," and I was like, "Fuck," because she was built, man. Uh, Scott Conn shows his ass, and then I wrote, "I hate him." Uh, <laughs> Julia uh, Schultz is, appears on the cover of Playboy's WildWebGirls.com DVD, but isn't in it. How? Uh, <laughs> Let's see. Sting at the end. I, I think they took for granted that the WCW guys were more famous than what they were because, like, uh, they show Pantaleone talking to just out of the blue, Sting sitting in a chair, and he and and uh, you know when he kind of got off the steroids, he started doing the crow gimmick. So he wore like uh, the, the singlet suit. thing. And uh, and you could tell he kind of had a little bit of a belly because whereas before when he was on the juice he was just like you know he's still in good shape but mm-hmm, but he's mm-hmm. like talking to him and he's like you 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 take care of Jimmy King and this and that and everything and Sting of course sitting there not saying anything and if you've never watched wrestling you'd be like okay who's this guy and then at the end they're like it's Sting and you're like okay you know they could have at least introduced him a little bit you know. Um, like have him say, you know, I know who we can get to get Jimmy King. Um, Jimmy King looks like shit. Stupid. This is awful. <laughs> DDP, go fuck yourself. 
WCW, the most uncool shit ever. Uh, no wrestlers were harmed. Oh, at the end of the credits, it said no wrestlers were harmed in the making of this film. Just their, I wrote, I added just their career. <laughs> that's and that's all I have. Oh, God. It was, it was, it was worse than poop. All right. So I didn't, I didn't think it was worse than poop. It's, it's, it's about as bad as I remembered it, but I did laugh a few times and I, I liked Sal Bandini. Um, I liked looking at Rose McGowan's boobies. Um, I'm going to give this movie a three out of 10. (laughs) It's kind of a failure and it's not (laughs) even a good failure. Um, it's worth, worth, it's worth watching to just Uh. see the train wreck. No, it's not. <laughs> it's want- not, and you didn't even want to watch it this time. <laughs> You're right. Fuck this movie. It's, but it's, it's about a three out of ten because there's a couple of laughs in it. So, I uh, one. <laughs> Sal Bandini one. Sal Bandini gets it a one instead of a zero. Well, uh, one one, and I'll give for for Rose McGowan and the pink thing and Pretty Kitty one point two five. A three at a one point two five by far our lowest rated film on silver and golds thus far. And it fucking deserves it. You know what? I'm going two point five. Fuck it. God damn this And I'm telling you, Rose McGowan two point five. I mean, she's notorious on like if you Google that that you know, where they show her before and after plastic surgery on her face. Yeah, she's she's had some work done and she's starting to look alien. That sucks. Yeah. God, she Thanks. was smoking hot back then. I live in the past anyway, so. Yeah. Oh, I live in the past, too. Um, I mean, I was talking about fucking Betty Page, and she's goddamn 100 years old, and she's dead now, but still, and, you know. And a born-again Christian. Uh, God, Perry Saturn's fat. Yeah, Paul Wolfer kind of got fat, too, but, of course, he only has, like, one arm. Oh, the other one's, like, uh shriveled up arm was so yeah, weird. It's still shriveled up. Boy, uh, Perry Saturn's fat. He's fatter than, uh... I was going to say, hell, he's way fatter than you and me both put together. <laughs> All right. Let's we're, take a break. we're slim. We're like staying in the bodysuit compared to that fat fuck. <laughs> yeah, I need a bodysuit. Looks like a guy I work with. Sorry. <laughs> if you're listening, sorry. Let's take a break and come back and we'll do some feedback. How about that? We'll be right back. It's Christ, almost 11 o'clock. <laughs> Did you know that Asian people prefer being called Orientals? Did you know that Ching Chong, Ting Tong is a respectful salutation in all Asian cultures? Did you know that paper cuts can cause massive arterial sprays in Orientals? No? Well, then you should listen to Podcasts Without Honor and Humanity, the Internet's fourth best Asian film podcast. Every week, your host, Jake McLarchuge, will cover two Asian films that can range from the obscure to the notorious. From a Sunny Chiba werewolf film to a splatter gore atrocity. From Category 3 to the Korean New Wave and beyond. Tune in at the website podcastwithouthonorandhumanity.libsyn.com. Libsyn is spelled L-I-B-S-Y-N. Or you can just search Podcast Without Honor and Humanity in iTunes. So give Podcast Without Honor and Humanity a shot and get cultured. Bad motherfucker, David Arquette. 
I thought I thought of a uh, a movie I hate worse than uh, than Ready to Rumble, Mortal Kombat Annihilation. I never saw that. That movie's a piece of shit. Oh, <laughs> fucking awful. Uh, I'll have you know that Lawler and uh, Honky made up. Oh man. <laughs> well, I think it might have something to do with uh, Honky fucking like not drinking anymore. <laughs> Mad motherfucker. <laughs> Jerry the fucking king. He's the king. How do you like your first hundred dollar payoff? I well, love. it wasn't a hundred dollars. It was nine hundred ninety nine. Give him ninety nine. No, he gave him ninety nine dollar. Or no, he said, "Hey, Paula." How, how's he? How's he like it? His first thousand dollar payoff, and they gave him like nine hundred ninety nine dollars. He goes, "It's not a thousand dollars. It's nine hundred ninety nine. <laughs> See, Paula, I told you, I told you that fucker wouldn't appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't fucking love Honky. Always a bridesmaid, never a bride. I like Honky. Yeah. All right, we're gonna do some. I like I like Honkies. I like Honkies. <laughs> Only Honkies. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> only honkies. <laughs> what? What? All right, uh? <laughs> let's do some feedback. I like to um, piss all over Marilyn Monroe's tits right now. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> all right, we got a we got a voicemail from. <laughs> I mean, sorry, an email. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Nothing. Um, you know what? Well, we can figure it out. Um, I said so. What the fuck was that? A cricket. I just dropped my phone. Um, so uh, we got a um, a. God damn it! I'm drunk. No, I mean just. I just can't talk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not drunk. I'm not drunk. We got an email from Eric Reanimator. I'm cause, I'm just confused because there's audio files attached to it. Um, so. In our Facebook group recently, there's a there's been some post about Tom of Finland, um, which I think we might review that at some point. It's a documentary. Have you have you seen the post about that? Oh no, we don't review documentaries on this show. <laughs> Fuck you, motherfucker. Um, so he, he said he's way behind on the show and also feedback. But there, as there has been um, sailors and Tom of Finland on the Facebook group recently, I thought you might I might thought I might send some uh, Turbo Negro your way. If you like what you hear, yeah. I recommend their albums Ask Corba and Apocalypse Dudes. See Attached and Enjoy. Uh, Is it okay see. to say Turbo Negro? Turbo Negro? Isn't that how, I don't know. T-U-R-B-O-N-E-G-R-O. Or should, uh, should it be Turbo African American? <laughs> turbo Colored. Your way. <laughs> well, that's, that's, I mean, that's the kind of shit that gets us in trouble. <laughs> We're just joking. Just, uh, just joking. Turbo Negro. I've never heard of them. So here's a here's a sample of a song of theirs. Nope. <laughs> Fuck it. Um. <laughs> Are you ready for some darkness? Are you ready for some fun? Do you want to touch tonight? Tonight? Or do you want to wag your head? Are you ready for some action? Are you ready for the void? Do you want to lose your mind tonight? Do you want to be a dead boy? Are you ready for the night time? Are you? Are you ready for the food? 
Maybe I should uh, save these and I'll I'll, I'll play them <laughs> for the show when we do if we ever cover that. Jesus, such vulgarity! I know. What kind of show does he think this is? Right, awesome so, fucking show. <laughs> cool. Thanks, Eric. Um, he sent us a couple more. I have to check them out too. So, so thanks for that. Uh, and then we got some voicemails. So we got a. Apparently, our voicemail was acting up this week because I think we got four from Mikey and we got four from Justin. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so uh, let's, uh, let's let's start off here. Hey guys, it's the Cinemascus Justin Arbolta here of the freaking awesome network. Never heard of it. Cheap plug. Anyway, um, here calling on, you know, last week's episode, the latest episode, the Golgo episode. I haven't seen any of the films, so I won't be commenting on them, but good job on reviewing them. I have seen how some of the films that Dom reviewed, or at least the one popping in my head right now, is uh, The Eyes of March, starring Ryan Gosling, George Clooney, Philip Seymour Hoffman, uh, Marissa Tomei, Paul Giamatti, among many others. <laughs> he got cut off. Now, Yay. Justin, you should realize by now our show is not a sprint. <laughs> our show is a marathon. What well, is a sprint tonight? It is a sprint that tonight. It turned into a marathon. <laughs> it's a sprint tonight that turned into fucking two and a half hours. All right, here's hey. another one. God damn it. Another minute cut off phone call. Really? You son of a bitch. Wait, hang on. He's the only one we put the minute thing on, though. <laughs> it wasn't even a minute. It was fucking 30 <laughs> seconds. It was 27 seconds. All right, sorry. Yes. God damn it. Another minute cut off phone call. God really? damn it. You son of a bitch. You motherfucking, motherfucking voicemail. I'm sorry. Alrighty. Oh, where was I? Oh, I damn, cinematic. I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm fantasy flaws here and there, but uh, for starters, I love Ryan Gosling's performance. I don't like people shitting on it. Uh, fuck them. Uh, I loved him in Drive. Speaking of which, on a little tangent, uh, talk, it's talk so fast. I can't, I can't even tell what he's saying. Blu-ray. Yet, who just drive on Blu-ray. was able to walk out and buy a copy due to having some connection and buy his copy of Blu-ray of he, Drive? He got his early. You know, it's so pretty. I love it. Oh, can't I wait remember. To I saw that. It shortly. Gonna give it a rewatch. I can't wait. Terrible fucking movie. Instead of me, you're smoking. 
the boy. You made me pretty much almost throw up. Thank you, Sammy. That was pleasant. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. Uh, that was TMI, great. too much information there, buddy. All right, gang. Definitely. I'll probably call back then with no way. to talk about more. now. We'll see what happens. Keep up the good work. I didn't get cut off again. Yay. I wanted to know what it tasted like. There's Jesus. never too much information for me. We're going to have to take his fucking uh, feedback and like uh, filter it through something that like slows it down. So he's like, <laughs> actually, I mean, it's like, okay. Oh, Maybe it's because I'm tired, but everything just ran together. This I think one. I heard Ides of March and uh, Artist and Sammy almost made it throw up. I, don't, I, I, I did not feel the artist was like heartless or hollow or whatever. Both. Two of my favorite movies this year, Hugo and the Artist, and both of them are fucking just like I, like he said, they're just homages, they're just love letters to old cinema. And your love letter is Will's <laughs> poop. <laughs> uh, sorry, Will, that it wasn't some documentary about fucking sad Damn poor that. kids. All right, no, I just thought both of them were very both of them. Both of them were very charming. Oh, um, shit. What? Horseshit. Oh, no, no, no. Will's on here. What? He's on here. He's on what? Shh. I can hear. No, he's on our Facebook page. I forgot he can't hear what we're saying. He, he He's on here now? He might be on here now. Wait, wait. There he is. Take okay. that, knucklehead. <laughs> 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 right, I love so, Will. Uh, fuck him. This next. Uh, <laughs> this yeah, I tried ne- to smooth it over. But, you know. <laughs> this next uh, voicemail is another one from Justin. It looks like, and it's it's one tenth of the size of the first one. So I'm thinking he got cut off again. So. Hey guys, Cinemaster's Justin again. <laughs> yes. That, that, <laughs> that was the whole voicemail. That was the nice. whole thing. All right, one more. This is a long one. I got five fucking seconds that time. Five fucking seconds. Are you fucking with me, guys? Or are you pulling some strings over there where it's just like, you're messing with Justin? I don't get this. I call in to talk about the artist. Like, I promise, if you give me five fucking seconds, you son of a bitch. Motherfucker. Right, well, I didn't get cut off yet, so script this in here. Uh, the artist just got back from seeing it. Fucking loved it. Uh, first and foremost, you. I'm not, you know, doubting anybody's opinions. I'm sure they can, you know, back them up and, I just don't see how this movie's hollow. It, it, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a love letter, obviously, to Zion Films, but it has an actual story of Zion Film actor having to deal with the progression into the talkies and his downfall it, when he, uh, when his pride gets the best of him and he doesn't want to adapt and move on to talkies and just how, you know, there's, you know, very depressing his life and get, it's not like this in cheery all the time. It gets fucking grim at spots, especially near the end. Um, and, you know, when it, when it is cheery, it's just such a delight. I thought the acting and the direction was phenomenal. I loved, I loved the fact that you know, it's mostly a silent film, but you know, since we're progressing into silent to, to talkies and you know, sound, that there's certain scenes like the one nightmare it has where you know everything you know you can hear everything like you would in a film in your talkies, and everything just gets elevated. I, I love that. I, I love the movie. I thought it was fantastic. I enjoyed it. Uh, I can't. I don't know the actor, any of the actors or actresses' names off the top of like not now. Which speaking of it, Rock McDowell, did he walk onto the set? Because seriously, he gets Billy in here. He's in one fucking scene. That was a weird. For like thing. what, maybe a minute weird or two? Thing. That's a cameo. I don't know why. Spoiler alert. I got the wrong way. Just I thought he was going to add more. It, I'm like, it plays he no role in the movie whatsoever. Been friends with somebody on that. Yeah, yeah but no I thought I hadn't seen like, the movie. <laughs> for that 
pointless of a role. They're like, hey, Malcolm McDowell should do that. It had to have been something like that. I'm not going to see it. Any sense. You guys bring up Willem Dafoe and let's part with Steve Zuzu. Well, you know what? He had a much more prominent role than Malcolm McDowell had in the artist. So, but, hey, not to digress. But what I mean is the main two stars who play... Uh, He's digressing uh, now. Valentine and uh, <laughs> Miss Miller. <laughs> Peggy Miller? Ah, it was Miss Miller. I just can't remember what the first name was now. Peppy. Uh, I thought they were excellent. Peppy Miller. Who played Miss Miller was just gorgeous. Uh, who, uh, people have been saying the person who plays George Valentine, you know, kind of was like an actor born in the wrong era, and I can see why. Cause he just, he, he fits his bill perfectly. Because a lot of people are saying you got to have, you know, to act in both silent films and... You know, the talkers are a bit different because with sign films, you definitely have to emote more, and you know, or the joke in the film is you mug too much. But and he really just emotes, you know, so well with his face and his body language, more or less instead of talking. And everybody really just does a fine job here. Uh, John Goodman, I thought, did much better than I thought he was going to. Uh, and that's not discrediting John Goodman. I think he's a good actor. I just didn't, wasn't sure. I thought he'd be a weak point, but he wasn't. Um, I love this film. It's going to easily be my top 30 and maybe or maybe not be in my top 10. Oh. What? I'm, uh, I'm going to give I give it high praise. I hope a lot of people see it. I think it's deserving of the Oscars getting nominated for it. Though I can see how some people feel maybe there are other better films. <coughs> Drive. Um, <laughs> that should be getting nominated solely, you know, maybe because they feel, you know, it's Oscar bait. But let's face it, we've had Oscar bait for years and, you know, at least this is a good Oscar bait, you know I mean? Yeah, or great Oscar bait, I should say, because I'd say King's Speech was good Oscar bait, but it wasn't, like, fantastic or anything. I don't know if it would have really hit in my top 30 last year, maybe near the end, because I love the performances, but that's a totally different topic. Uh, But, yeah, definitely, everybody else, check out the artist. Like I said, uh, I did not get any interruptions from uh, Cleaning Lights or the Cleaning Guy. Uh, Just a couple of uh, other people in the theater, and thankfully I was afraid with some of the other people, mostly, you know, older folks and all that. Oof, but I was still kind man. of afraid that somebody was going to storm off like five minutes oh, in. Like, oh, this is a silent film. Like, people have been doing a lot. <laughs> but no, everybody that went in knew what they're getting into, and they loved it just as much as we did. Oh, the so dog. So we're going to watch yeah, next yeah, I wanted to mention the dog. I fucking love that dog. That's his, you know what? He should get the Oscar. All right? He, he, was, he was perfect. And you know what? His, his acceptance speech would be probably more comprehensible than Nick Nolte's. Oh, I love you, Nick. Uh, but... Definitely, I mean, and that's another thing here. Uh, the, it's very, very minimal. But the love between you know man's best friend and man himself. Uh, you know, means um, I think a little bit. It's by no means I'm a big what? dog lovers, and the there's stuff when it gets kind of sweet and the, dog the way is the awesome dog acts around him is so perfect. It's like it, I, I know it's one of the trained dogs, but it wouldn't surprise me if it, it could have just been his actual dog because it really just has that companionship that only uh, you know. I mean, people always bring up Will Smith and the dog, and I am legend. That's good and everything, but this is kind of more where I'd actually believe it more than anything. But, uh, all right, I'm rambling. Just uh, go see the art, everybody. Go see it, go see it, go see it, go see it, go see it. Go see it. Stop listening to this and go see it. Uggie the dog. There's a cute picture, picture of him on his IMDb with his paw on a little trophy. Thought he- I was born a rambling man. <laughs> He was born in 2002, and he's only been in two movies, Water for Elephants and The Artist, and he's, oh. he's a fucking genius dog. This, this, and there's a picture of him with James Cromwell. Cromwell's looking fucking ancient. All I gotta say is, he's no Kuma. <laughs> Kuma, Uggy would ki- would piss on Kuma's corpse. Oh, yeah, take that up with the deadly doll. <laughs> All right, Kuma! It's not the Kuma. Here's another voicemail. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Sylvan Gold. Yay! Yes. Boop. Uh, hey, motherfucker! To, uh, 
to uh, blather on. Um, I'm really obsessed with this site right now called Letterboxd. Um, that's L-E-T-T-E-R-B-O-X-D. And it's yet another social, you know, media site where you just keep track of movies. It's kind of like Facebook for film nerds, I guess. But it's I thought Facebook was that, Facebook for film nerds. <laughs> it's really simple. You just you make a little profile. You put your favorite four movies on there. And then you can switch those out whenever. And then uh, you um, can log each movie that you watch. And it keeps track of it. You give it star ratings. You can tag different movies to keep them in categories, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, you can also make lists. And uh, as you know from my blog, I love to make lists. So um, recently did a list of my favorite female performances. And then you can sort of post your list and you know share it with other people or whatever. And um, so my list is really long, but my top two female performances are probably Jenna Rollins in Woman of the Influence and Gia Messina in uh, Knights of Kiberia. And I was just curious if you two gentlemen would elaborate on your favorite couple, three female performances in films. Rose McGowan, ready to rumble. Thank you very much. He's putting me on the spot. I don't know. I'm bad with these things. Tilda Swinton and Michael Clayton. Uh, let's see. What else? Tilda Swinton and Michael Clayton is better than anything that anybody can mention. I love Tilda Swinton in that movie. is fucking remarkable. She's awesome. But I would not have sex with her. David Bowie. Dun-dun-dun. On um, Blue Jean, unless that we were playing Modern Love or Ziggy Stardust. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, some some other uh, uh, chicks and uh, some other broads and movies. Um, you know, uh, it's it's hard off the top of your head. I have to think about it and get back to you on that one. Yeah. But Rose McGowan's really good and ready to rumble. And yeah, uh, I don't know if Roop's in our Facebook group. I'll show have to post it in. There. Uh, I'll think about it because uh, yeah. Yeah, that's I uh, and you know I've been drinking a little bit and I'm I'm dumb anyway so yeah Jane Fonda was good and uh, some stuff uh, coming home was good she's good in that she does the robot hands I'd fuck her call me bitch <laughs> uh, all right hmm. the um, yes maybe we, this, that has grinded us to a halt I'll have to think about this one um, let's let's move on. Uh, we'll, we'll post that on our Facebook uh, group. I hope uh, Roop's a member so he can actually see our answers. And I think Mike called like 18 times, so here we go. Uh, are you serious? Yeah. That's so bad. This is the living fart machine himself. Metal Mikey, <laughs> leaving a voicemail for Silver and Gold Podcast, namely a Michael Kine episode. Yeah. That what? was me hopping on the Michael Caine impersonation bandwagon. Oh, okay. No wonder I scam bloody <laughs> so Michael Klein. because night Michael Caine. But anyway, got a few notes to share. Although I can't really say much about the movies because I haven't seen either. Although I actually came really close to watching Victory earlier. I think it was actually late last year before you even announced that you were going to cover it. So there was a split second of world crossing over, but alas, <laughs> was not meant to be. I will say, in the name of the king, part two. I'm seriously optioning that for coverage on my show. I mean, hey, it's Dolph <laughs> and it's Uwe Boll. I'm one of the few people that actually supports Uwe Boll, but that's just me. And 
thinking about a certain Demi Moore. Did the Dr. Zom's hurtful comments cause her to overdose on <laughs> Yeah, cut off. Uh, I want to do uh, uh, Conan the Barbarian with <laughs> the name of the king, too. Name of the king, is that the name of the movie? Yes, it is. All right, more Mikey. This is little Mikey, and I've got a few thoughts to get off my chest before I even listen to the GoGo 13 episode. Of silver and gold. Of course, cool. after cool. I listen to it, I'll probably have more thoughts. But I wanted to get some thoughts off my chest first. And I'm sure other people have corrected you on this. But at the end of your Michael Caine episode, <laughs> let me correct you. <laughs> Nobody corrects Duke us. Duke Togo. Not Duke Dick Togo, Togo. Not Dick Togo. Duke Togo. Dick Mikey. Uh, what the fuck? I'm only just giving you guys this is a bit of shit here. <laughs> I mean, hell, you listen to my mealy mouth ass on my own damn show. I'm surprised I can even choke off a word, you know, before it sounds you like somebody's that? choking me with a dick. Never heard Anyways, of uh, <laughs> honestly, the only Google 13 movie I've ever watched is the Sunkichiba Kao Loon assignment. But my history of Google 13 goes like this. For one, I played both of the regular <laughs> Nintendo games, namely Google 13 Top Secret Mission and Moffat Conspiracy. <laughs> basically two of the most impossible video games ever oh, in the history of humanity but but I also have I some back history with two anime features oh <laughs> now I'm gonna shit <laughs> did you cut off wait did I miss one fuck I think I missed the second one thing <laughs> oh no metal Mikey round two on the call and I'm kind of pressed because some asshole in a truck He's trying to ram up my car's ass, and he needs to go fuck off. But anyways, more thoughts than a Michael Caine episode. Uh, Oh, where was I? And fuck you, douchebag. Uh, Don't you love road rage when I'm actually calling in? But anyways, uh, I completely am losing my train of thought here. I'm so angered and frustrated. Oh, yeah. Uh, you buy your comment on dirty M&M's. I'd still probably rather eat out a dirty vagina over a floor-dropped M&M. And, and trust me, what? I've had some pretty interesting smelling vaginas in my life. Now, I'm not going to, you know... M&M's are fucking... They're shiny on the outside. They're hard. They're, 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 they're not... <laughs> Rather were, eat a dirty vagina than a goddamn candied M M&M and M that is hard and dry on the outside. Oh God, what's wrong with you? Oh, give any badge uh, pass. Sorry, ladies, but you know you got to keep it reasonably clean. But you know I'm like Alfie in a way in that aspect. I am lenient. I don't necessarily pick too hard on it. And why don't you tell us how you really feel about Sylvester Stallone, Doctor Zom? But, you know, you got to get this. you got to concede this, Zom. <laughs> you like Sly more than Marky Mark. Who doesn't like yeah. Sly more than Marky Mark? Marky Mark is like the lowest of the low for nah, pinnacle of Consular acting. And <laughs> two more points. One, Piccolo's porn history, at least for cast names, is very similar to mine. I don't really give a fuck who their names are. I'm just like, as long as I can watch for about a few minutes, Get my business done, and then go my merry way. 
Unless you're oh. Meryl Streep in a porn, I'm pretty much not going to remember your name. Sorry, Please or Jesus. Sasha Gray. But then again, I'm... Oh, and one more point. Dr. Zom brought the question. Is Miley Cyrus hot? No. There's uh, points where she's actually passing kind of cute. No. But at the same token, there are other points where she just has like those crazy eyes. You, you know what I'm talking about. Redneck, white, redneck white trash. When you see that person in your life, they have those eyes that look like they're continually unhinged and they're going to chop off your head at any given point. She has those eyes. That yeah. could not necessarily be a deal stealer for hotness. But anyways, Rope and Goom, another <gasps> excellent show. Take it easy. Uh, of course, so I look forward to talking to you again real soon, like after I end this call, because I got some yeah. thoughts on your other episode. But anyways, uh, talk to you later. Bye. We already heard the goal go. Gold, gold. Fucking funyun dust all over my keyboard. Funyun dust on the end of your urethra. <laughs> I'm fucking disgusting. Okay, this is the you one. are. Hey, you are. <laughs> I'm licking funyun dust and drinking <laughs> drips of beer out of the bottom of this. How bottle. about licking funyun dust out of a girl's vagina? I'd do it. That might not be bad. I love funyuns. God, I'm fucking. I'm wearing a black t-shirt. I'm just wiping my fucking greasy. Fucking- I love pussy. <laughs> that was uncool, cat. Yeah, I know that was that was, but that was it was it, that was not uncool. No, it was not. All right. It was abrupt. This is the this is the the cut the the cut off voicemail from the Golgo thirteen uh, voicemail. I apologize for playing this out of order. As I said, I'm drunk. Yeah, sorry, Mikey, for playing Little your Mikey. fucking fifth email out of order. Part. Two because my <laughs> message crashed harder than trying to land a plane in the Nintendo Top Gun game. Fuck that game. But too. yes, animated features. One I suspect was actually a full-length theatrical feature, but I know for sure the other was an OVA. I remember back when I was initially dipping my toes into anime, there was a little feature just called Google Thirteen. I'm not sure if it has any subtitles itself, but. That stuck out to my memory because, for one thing, at that point, that was the most adult-centric like anime feature I saw. Another thing was just how much of a badass Duke Togo was. I mean, people could say all they want about Batman, about how awesome Batman is and how he gets completely screwed up and still keeps fighting. No. Duke Togo is much more awesome than Batman because he still gets massively screwed up in fights, horrendously injured, but he also gets to screw a lot of women, so he doubles up the awesomeness on Batman. But the interesting thing about that first uh, theatrical release for Golden 13 is that it's one of the early uses of CGI in a cell animated feature. It looks rough, very rough. Like, I dare say Nintendo 64-grade kind of CGI, but it's worth noting, and it's an interesting story. The second one which I caught when I was much more in my early 20s and therefore an anime fiend, was one called Queen Bee. Only 60 minutes long. The uh, story is kind of weaker than the first animated feature. But I do like the designs for the characters in it a bit more. And it definitely has a lot more action. I mean, the first one, there is action sequences in it, but it is definitely a much more of a intrigue kind of story. But Anyways, those are my perspectives on the other Google 13 media. I do know that recently one anime company put out collections of the TV series that they made in the 2000s. 
I'm curious to check that out. But then again, I'm really shitty about watching an, uh, animated series or TV series. But anyways, Wolfram Zom, I apologize for getting on your case about Duke Togo's name. But as always, next on show, I look forward to talking to you again soon. All right, take Dick care. Tuggo. Bye, <laughs> Dick Tuggo. Dick <laughs> Tuggo. <laughs> he did the fucking uh, Pepsi plunge off the top like CM Punk used to do. There you go. The, it was the, what was it? What's, tri- what's that Triple H's move called? The, the fuck every wrestler in the WWE. <laughs> the, I don't give a shit what you look like. I'm going to look good. <laughs> and um, then the blonde hair is going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. He, oh, I wish this would stop. <laughs> so that, <laughs> that was the last voicemail. So thanks, Mikey. Um, but yeah, we're going to have to, I was saying, we I'm have to do to it, crack. the double feature for. Um, uh, uh, well, maybe, well, I don't want to steal it from him, though. The, in the Name of the King 2 with Conan the Barbarian. Some fucking. What, we should do a fantasy double feature. What have we been waiting for? Do you like fantasy movies? Seika and um, I like pissing movies. And... <laughs> you ever seen a grown man naked? <laughs> um, I don't give a fuck what we do. Okay, so uh, well, that now uh, we watch Ready to Rumble. Anything else will be like gravy. <laughs> Everything else from now on is just yeah. Like See, now movies. we can watch really shitty movies and it'll be like that. Well, not as bad as Ready to Rumble. It's just icing on this turd cake we call a podcast. Turd cake. Um, so this uh, next week, um, I think we're going to save. Somebody made some suggestions on the okay. Facebook group. I think we might save them till the following week. But so next week we're going to do a, um, I guess a sadistic London gangster double feature. Yeah. We have, <clears throat> from 1971, a, um, a film called Villain, starring Richard Burton. Richard Burton. And uh, this one looks very interesting. I have not seen this one. Zom has. Oh, you'll love this one. Good, good. And, it's better uh, than Ready to Rumble, <laughs> like, by 10. And then from... <coughs> Two thousand, uh, starring Ian McShane and Ben Kingsley and Ray oh. Winstone, we're going to mm-hmm. be doing Sexy Beast. Oh yeah, I love the intro scene of that with with uh, Winstone just sizzling in the Spain in the Spain sun. That's good stuff. I'm going to go in and piss on my bathroom floor right now, just to mark my territory. <laughs> so yeah, Sexy Beast and uh, Villain. Uh, should be a fun show, and uh, we'll probably get to those ones recommended the following week. So, um, send us feedback. Uh, you can always call us uh, or not. Call us multiple, multiple, multiple times at two zero six three two zero six three three nine sixteen hundred, or um, send us an email at silvagoldpodcast at gmail dot com. Uh, find us on iTunes or our website, silvaandgold.com and join our Facebook group. It's like I've always said, it is a closed private group. So there's some mm-hmm. dirty, dirty stuff that goes on in there. Yes, don't want to miss out. You get to fucking look at fatty, uh, Perry Saturn next to, uh, Julius Schultz's vagina. Can't see that <gasps> anywhere else. I guarantee it. Unless you open up two tabs on your web browser, but who wants to do that? All right. That's about it for me. Zom, you got anything else? Nah, I'm going to go poop and go to bed. Sweet. Thanks for uh, all the feedback, everybody. Uh, like I uh, called, uh, check out Justin's uh, show, or sorry, his uh, website, uh, Freaking Awesome Network. Um, check out Mikey's Action Attraction and Roop. Um, check out his uh, blog at, oh, fuck, I just blanked on the name. I wanted to say Deadly Doll's House, but check out her, too. Um, uh, Rupert Pupkin Speaks. 
www.blogspot.com. So, so thanks everybody. And, uh, that's about it for me. Until next time, this is Loaf Oot. Is um Oot. Bye bye. <laughs>